And now, introducing the man who couldn't help but feel jealous rage after Sam Schaefer saved the game-tying goal by taking the ball to his face, insisting, quote, it's just really frustrating when you dedicate your life to a craft in every form or fashion and see someone else accidentally accomplish your dreams, unquote. After this weekend's blunders, he was despondent at the gaping hole behind home plate for the Orioles as while everyone else celebrated another Rutschman homer, he nervously awaited the court's rulings on the destruction of property and assault charges levied against him by his virtual self and the buoy jumbotron. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. It is Glenn Clark Radio, Monday edition of the program. Hope you all had a lovely weekend. There was a lot going on. That was pleasant. It's pleasant for a lot of people to finally like get back out and do some things. Just I mingled. A lot to like about a weekend like that. You get. You, I can't look at you right now. You think your haircut is... What do you mean? Is, I mingled. I know, but I just can't look what you, at you. What do you, what do you the mean? Hair, what is it? You think I'm a different person? No, I... It was okay until you it were talking about the quality of the haircut. What do you want? Like, just going to criticize me? No, I mean, well, yeah, I do that a lot. <laughs> what is it's, this? This is not that. It's that I it's can't that have a headache haircut that it, I think is good. It was fine. It's fine. But then when you said it was good, I was like, What do you mean? Ah. Everything is relative. Your good haircut to you, your what you would consider. No, I don't. I haven't had many of those. Oh, all I'm saying is, I know better. Everybody has experiences with haircuts, good yeah. or bad. Yeah. And in the well, spectrum, in like my a, life, did you get like a drink or something. Did you get? No, they don't do that anymore because the masks. Oh, yeah, there's that. The place did. Well, they did uh, well, free, but, free but, beers. But you're, uh, you're. They don't. You're they haven't adopted. Late. They haven't adopted the. Their institutions it's, that have it upon taking upon themselves. It, this is what makes this bit so weird. It's what makes the bit really weird is that everybody announces, "Hey, we're good," and then everybody's like, "Yeah, except we're not." It's a really. I mean, it weird was literally bit. the day that it was announced that I got the haircut. So I, they don't think I people had, will have I had the, the uh, same experience at my anniversary dinner where I was like, they, like I walk in and they're like. The guy, as he walked in, was like, "It's nice to have like not not have to worry about certain things anymore." And I was like, "Well, that can be true." Well, I don't understand what that, what are we not CDC worried about any longer? Thing. Because we were doing everything the exact same but way. But there's a I a I, I understand what bit. he's saying. You want to know what he's saying? What do you think he's saying? When you after you would get fully vaccinated, uh huh, interactions that prior to being vaccinated. Even though you were pretty sure you'd be okay, yeah, he wasn't talking about interactions. He was just talking about. He was talking about the restaurant. We were we were not having that deep of a face. conversation. But you get what I'm saying. I do, I I guess, but it's unrelated to the like topic. Riding in a in a ride with uh, when you order off your phone, right? I don't uh-huh. know, they don't yeah. sponsor us. Right. If they want to, feel free. Yeah. Uh, riding in one of those uh-huh. used to be a thing where I was like, all right, what am I touching? Uh, I, don't, I mean, that's that's a different. Thing. W- now it's just like, all right, that's a different thing for you. What that's, do you mean? That's I'm a different not alone thing for here. you. I'm not. I'm not saying you're alone. I'm saying like it's a different thing than what I'm talking about. The point now. is, I can't get a good haircut. No, I'm. I don't know how we got here. I got back there. I don't, really. I don't know how we got back there. I can't. I can't look at it. All right, hi, Glenn Clark Radio, <laughs> Chesapeake. I don't know what just happened here, Chesapeake. Yeah, don't. Let's not <laughs> do that. Chesapeake Employers Insurance, dude. That, that topic came up in conversation this weekend, and it was uncomfortable. Everybody agreed with you? Mm, uh, it's not that everybody agreed with me as much as everybody was like, is this person okay? Me? Yes. Me. Like, me. like they- You should meet him. Then. It's n- No, stop. Like, it's, it's one thing. Like, you're making this seem like there's a debate here. Mm. It's more like, the debate is more, am I a psychopath- for being around you after learning this information. What are you? All right. Stop. Well, stop. All right. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Uh, we're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. 
Uh, coming up on today's program, we are going to talk about the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, what a weekend it was. Obviously, the highlight being a thriller last night as Loyola held off Denver with a dramatic Sam Schaefer save in the closing seconds. I mean, it's one of the most remarkable lacrosse moments I've ever seen. I thought he was going to score that one. Uh, yeah, it looked like he was going to. <laughs> it looked like Loyola was going to turn the ball over with 13 seconds left, and Denver was going to force overtime with all of the momentum in the world. It did not look good, but that didn't prove to be the case. Loyola hangs on. They advance. Um, they face Duke next weekend. Uh, Maryland also advanced. That's not surprising. They took care of business against Vermont, so they will get Notre Dame next week. Kind of a wacky bit where Maryland was the three seed in the tournament, and they have to go to Notre Dame to play Notre Dame, who was the sixth seed in the tournament. That's what you mean Notre Dame's something. getting some, some something favorable happen yeah, to them? Yeah, it's almost ne- almost never what do happens you mean? that way. And like in some tournaments it's very specific. When we say we're going to neutral sites, that means that the hosting team cannot play at yeah, like the, the, the neutral site. Well that happened. That did occur. <laughs> uh not the way that works. Uh but uh yeah it's COVID and it's it's a whole thing. So Maryland's got to go to Notre Dame. Also Loyola Duke is at Notre Dame. So two area teams both alive next week, both playing very far away well, from the Loyal's here. playing at Notre Dame Prep, right? Yeah, no, no. That's not where they're <laughs> playing. Hey, but the good news, at least Indiana is known for being a hotbed of lacrosse. Of so it makes all the sense in the world. Whatever. I'm not getting into this conversation. Anyway, we'll talk about that with Quint Kesnick later on this hour. Also later on this morning, we're going to check in. We mean it this time. <laughs> with Marty Morningweg. If you missed last Friday, we are, thought. Are we going to tell him? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how we would do that. I gotta I be honest with we, you. I don't I think you care either. You. I don't think Marty Morningweg really is, knows who Marty Smith is. I, I I don't know that Marty Morningweg <laughs> is on that or understands what makes a good radio bit or anything like that. So I think Probably that might be one with love. We mean it this time. Marty Morningweg, former Ravens offense coordinator, is going to join us. Who's definitely not Marty Smith. They're yeah. different people. We talked to Marty Smith last Friday. If you missed that entire exchange, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the Marty Smith segment, which is in The Greatest Hits. Wonderful fella. Yeah. Can't believe he put up with our <laughs> nonsense. Not only put up with it, played along. A hundred percent. He engaged us in our nonsense. Uh, but we'll talk to Marty Morningweg later on this morning. He's got a new show, and we'll talk to him about, obviously, some of the things that you've been talking about related to the Ravens offense. Um, Jeremy Kahn joins us as he does every Monday and maybe another guest or two mixed in related to some of the other goings on of the weekend. You never know what might pop up throughout the course of the morning. I think the funniest thing about the Marty Smith thing may have been you actually heard him hung up. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, he, he just didn't. And as he said, he didn't know what to do. <laughs> and I, I pre like he just genuinely had no idea. He's like, ah, do oh I pretend gosh. to be Marty Morning? That was so funny. Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. Right now, get 50% off all styles of windows, plus put no money down, make no payments, and get no and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION, windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Orioles dropped two of three um, uh, to the Yankees this weekend. I The only real Orioles baseball, frankly, that I, I, I had... Unfortunately, a funeral on Saturday. I had uh, my own uh, lacrosse coverage yesterday. And on Friday night, we had our anniversary dinner. Uh, my wife and I, it was lovely. We had a lovely time. And afterwards, you cook? I no, we went out for our anniversary dinner. That's what she like. That's what she wants. I got you. I did the cooking yesterday when we had the Gatsby's over. I handled all of that. What'd you cook? Uh, I, we did some or it was an orange marinade. Marinade chicken. What kind of orange are you talking here? It was orange juice. Yeah. And orange you mean OJ. and orange peel. 
Yeah, it was rind, a little bit, a little bit of rind in there, a little right? bit of both. It like was almost the essence. It was almost more. like the old. You ever had the old orange chicken at the what's the the the, the Chinese the like yes, the but nice no. Chinese I, place. I don't go there for what it's worth. Like I've I, I've been twice when, in when my it, life. When it when it was first coming along in the mid two thousands, yeah. there was one right by my house in Phoenix. Yeah. And it was much. It was far rarer at the time sure. to find one of these locations. I and so you. I said, it a, a I'm, "I'm going to enjoy this yeah, this particular place." You know, I, very, and uh, I did. I would say I got the architecture I had, more than the food. Yeah, sure. It's it's wonderful. <laughs> I had uh, I had that orange peel chicken quite a few times. In fact, I think at one point they weren't really sponsoring our show out there. They were just bringing us food because we talked about them. And they brought me a lot of the old orange peel chicken open to back in the day. Like that also. Oh, one hundred percent! Oh my God, I have hoarded myself for far yeah. less. We're not just gonna um, come on here and just yeah, yeah just <laughs> just let guys talk about their products all week. We're not gonna do that. Um, anyway, so it was it's sort of like that. We did that on the chicken. I did some sausage, some corn. Like um, it. Did a little uh, tomatoes with uh, parm on top of it, okay. and uh, did you mean some a little grated parm? You mean yeah, a little grated parm on top. Fresh, or I imagine it had to have been like no, you know, it was not. It was not it like was not. It we're was not, not talking the the. We didn't go to the cheese. The cheesery crumble category. No, you know? no, yeah, no, yeah, no. we're talking shredded. So we had a we had a, we had a lovely we had a lovely evening with the Gatsby's. I just didn't get to watch a lot of Orioles baseball. The only Orioles baseball I was really able to watch this weekend was Friday night. After the dinner, we went to. We decided we were going to go to the bar where we first met, and have a drink before we went home. That's it cute. Was, it was cute. It was yeah. very cute. So we get in there, and the Orioles are up four two, and I look up and I'm like, I might watch a little bit of this. You know, I'm I'm mildly interested in what's going on with this baseball contest. And so Dee Dee brought her a dog today to the Ooh, office. So kind the of dog's dog. out there. I, it was a big dog. I couldn't quite tell Ooh. what it was. Big dog. Remember those t-shirts? What a big dog. hundred <laughs> percent. I remember those t-shirts. So uh, I look up. I'm like, I might, I might take a look at this. Maybe we'll stick around to the end of the game. Maybe we'll do that, right? Sure. She looked at me. She said, they're going to lose. Ouch. Because that's what my wife does now related to Orioles conversation. And I'm like, okay, baby. But, you know, it's the Yankees, and they're up. And I think all of about three minutes later, Travis Lakins gave up a three-run homer. And I said, you know what? I think it's time for us to go. I think, we're, I think we've accomplished what we needed to accomplish here. I think that's that. So uh, I know they had a lovely day offensively yesterday. They scored yeah. a lot of two-out runs. For Zimmerman put together five and two-thirds. Yeah, uh, coming relief. out of the bullpen. Yeah. Um, the starter, the opener role, yeah. Plutko maybe not suited for that one. I don't know. That's his role, but <laughs> yeah. whatever. He's been pretty good out yeah, of the bullpen this year. Been so. better when he has people on base already, I guess. Yeah, weird bit. Weird bit. Don't know how to explain it. Look, man, I, I don't have much to say. And that's sort of my, my point being, like, yesterday was was neat if you care about results of Orioles games. I have said a million times I don't, right? Mount Castle so, had some RBIs. We like that. Cool. I mean, uh, cool. The re- the reality being, since they returned home from Seattle, they got they got hit with the cleat of reality, if you will. Like it, this was always more likely to be the team that the Orioles were than the team that had a nice West Coast trip and made you think like maybe it's getting interesting again. Doesn't mean that there aren't things that are happening that you're encouraged. It's a different. By. It's right. a different conversation. It's not the conversation I'm having. Th- this is just. If you convinced yourself at some point that maybe the wins and losses could be what mattered, you've gotten a pretty good reminder. But you also got about as much as you could have hoped for as far as, like, a stretch of sustained play where it was like, maybe there's a chance, you know? I mean, but I'm not... Of course. It's, that's not... That this was is not never who real. they were, and it's not who they are. That was never real. It was... <clears throat> I agree. It was a thing that occurred... And if you care, that's neat. And I think it's but fair to say that relative to the roster and what they have on their team, 
they've still played probably above expectations. Maybe as a whole. I don't know. I I have no idea how to like. But they're flawed. They are. They're, they're not. They're very, not very, very, they're very, not very, good. Very, 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 very flawed. I don't. I don't know that they're going to lose seven out of every nine games they play the rest of the way. Like they, they've lost seven of their last nine. I don't think that they're going to be a team that loses seven of every nine games they play. Hopefully, John Means doesn't but, miss too many starts. Yeah, I mean, you know, I get what they're doing. I do understand that. That like he's it's never preserving pitched, his arm for whoever might be acquiring him. Also, well, I mean, for a lot of reasons, he's never pitched more than 150 innings in a season. It's a it's a lot to suddenly become the guy that makes every fifth start. And when it's going well, you kind of don't want to screw with that. My gut tells me. Something else probably came up in conversation, a little little soreness, a little whatever it was, and that made the decision a little easier right now. The point of all of this being that over the last nine games, you've sort of gotten a reminder of this was always more likely to be what this would be in terms of results, in terms of wins and losses. And if you had convinced yourself otherwise, God bless you, this is that quote-unquote cleat of reality. So now, my question for you, Orioles fan, is what are you looking forward to? If you've accepted, okay, we had our fun, we thought they were more, you know, they were going to be a little bit more competitive than we expected, and that was neat, but now that's over, and this is who they are more often than not. There will always be days like yesterday. There might still be stretches where they go win two or three somewhere. Things like that happen in the course of a baseball season, even for bad teams. But if you accept that, that's what this is. This is a bad team. It was always going to be a bad team. They are a bad team. What is it that you're looking forward to now as an Orioles fan? That's what I want to know from you. And I get why some people maybe are struggling with it a little bit because some people never bother to convince themselves that this was anything other than a bad team. And and winning a few games at the beginning of the year was never all that relevant to them. Mm-hmm. For other people, they're not yet ready to say there's no way. Like, some people are just eternal optimists and never want to believe that things are as bad as they are. Oh, it's a stretch of nine games. You can have a bad stretch of nine games and still go win some games. There's always people that aren't willing. But the most pragmatic way of looking at the Orioles is that they they kind of had some fun at the beginning of the year, which is a good time when people are paying attention to play some neat baseball, and that this was always more likely to be who they were. Now that they are, what are you looking forward to as an Orioles fan? That's what I want to know. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, that's how you get in. I'll go through some of the responses. Um, Matt, uh, this is vague, says being competitive. I, I, I guess he means that in like. That they've gone out there and haven't like utterly embarrassed themselves. But, but I don't know. I, he, he's not defining that. He's, I'm saying, what are you looking forward to? Is it when they are competitive, like down the road? Maybe, is it know, games yeah. in which they're competitive? Is it, I, he did not specify. I, I don't know. I don't know what you're saying. He also says J.J. Hardy Orioles Hall of Fame induction night. Sure. Okay. Kind of a bummer that Ryan Wagner won't be there, but like. Not not a lot you can do about that at this point. Real weird. Uh, Paul from Orlando. For this season, I'm looking forward to July 11th when the draft takes place. It's still early in a very small sample size, but you got to admit I've been a little disappointed in the displays of some of the young players like Lowther and Mountcastle. I thought they'd be shining lights. I mean, I don't know if it's 
considering it to be Lather to be a, a beacon in this rebuild. I wasn't. No, he on certainly that. wasn't. Mountcastle, you had hopes he would come out. It the would gate have been really neat if Ryan Mountcastle had followed sure. up on what we saw from him last season. And it's not as by, if, And by the way, yes, right. he might very he's well hit very well of late. By the way, it, in the past like month, I would say he's probably hit closer to his 2020 level. Uh, then he had in a month might be too much. Yeah, but I, don't a few weeks, right? I don't know if it's quite a in month. In a few weeks, he's raised his average, I believe, above the Mendoza line. He's well, started right. to barrel balls and knock runners in. I mean, he. I am not worried about Ryan Mountcastle. Um, I mean, I would have to. You would his have to, to give me the bat, right? Like, well, and you still have to give me the context of that, right? Look, do like, I think he's going to be a perennial all star? I wouldn't here, necessarily. Here, bet here's on it. here's your best argument is that for the last two weeks he's hit two seventy three, which is not. Right. That's but not how a, many. What was, his, the, what was his slugging percentage at that time? Also, um, he's slugged four thirty six oh, uh, compared last, to in the in first last two weeks. No, yeah. I'm just saying in the last two weeks he yeah. slugged four thirty six. Right, and so he still has more he can do. Right, like and but, as but far that's, as but that's my. I think that I, will I think his point remains that Ryan Mountcastle, even as though he's Fair. performing better, but it's that been in order to feel what we were feeling about him last year, he would still have to be significantly hitting better as the season goes on. I don't disagree, but I think his slow start was offset by Mullins' insane start. Well, if if you're taking a more complete look at a picture, I think for a lot of people, the Cedric Mullins thing is more of an anomaly, and the Ryan Mountcastle thing was the thing that you wanted to believe in, that you wanted to believe that a guy who whose bat was thought of mm-hmm. to be major league quality, maybe high-level major league sure. quality. Cedric Mullins, you have no idea what the make is. But I'm is. thinking you just of have it no clue. in a net perspective, if if Cedric Mullins is this and Ryan Mountcastle is last year's version, Cedric Mullins is head and shoulders more valuable. If if he's this, I but you're, you're, you're battling against... He wasn't scouted that I, way. I, I think that there's something to be said for, look, I don't know what Cedric Mullins' true level is. Nobody does. Yes. We hope it's this, right? Of course. If he's only a 250 player, or 250 average, 230, 230 is a little low. No. 250, right? Let's say 250. I would say his defensive value would still suggest he's as valuable as Ryan Mountcastle. Unless Mountcastle is truly, truly. I have no the idea Im- what you're saying here. Do you understand how like good of a bat you have to be to be a four-win player, a four-win above I, replacement I understand player what as you're a saying. bat driving your value, not counting whatever the defensive metrics say about his defense, yes. whether it takes away or it, I, I don't know. But to be as good as that would take for a four-win above, I don't know what he was last year, but I would probably say maybe 2.3, Mountcastle, well, they, didn't, they only played 60 games. Too. Sure, but you could potentially extrapolate and try and figure out what he would make out to be over the course of a 160-game season. And defense drives value a lot if you play really good defense. That's I, all I'm trying I, to say. I, I, so the, the Mullins arrival, and I get it. This is the ceiling. Most likely this is the best Cedric Mullins, or the beginning of the season was probably the best Cedric Mullins can play. I don't know. You know, we would have to unlock another level of power. That would turn average and all of that into. I, I, I'm, I'm just not really sure what how this has anything to do with Ryan Mountcastle. The talk about the young players and disappointment that's in. Con, that's not what the conversation was. He was talking about he's been. He was talking spe- somewhat disappointed in the performance but, of some but of the specifically prospects. Mountcastle was a guy that and you Lowther, came in. And Lowther, he cited. Yeah, that Lowther, I'm I don't get that. But Mountcastle specifically, coming into the season. There was this thought that perhaps he's really just building off of what happened last year, and he's really ready to be a high-level major league bat immediately. Sure. And that's we've got the answer on that. He's not. Not right now. 
he might still prove to be that guy. Either that or he was going through a hell of a slump to start the year, right? Well, like, which happens to really good hitters. It's possible, but he's got to prove that's the case. I don't, when I say I he might you. still prove to be that guy, I hear you. It's the he same might. reason you're not willing but to commit right to now, Cedric Mullins he's being. Not. I get it. But there's a big difference. The difference being, one guy was scouted as being potentially that kind of bat and got to the major league level immediately and did it. The other guy was a guy who was never scouted that way, got to the major league level and couldn't do it, and now years later is finally doing it. And maybe it just took years later and he's going to be that type of player. It's possible. But the other guy is a guy that at every level, everyone who knew baseball thought he could be this. Mm -hmm. And so the hope was that you would become that. When you have that track record, it's way easier to buy into someone performing well. When you don't have that track sure. record and someone performs well, you are more reluctant to simply accept it as being the story of who they are. Cedric Mullins having a good couple of months or six weeks, whatever it's been, does not outweigh the disappointment in Ryan Mountcastle. You hope that it's Cedric Mullins becoming a really quality Major League Baseball player that could help you in some capacity. But it's not someone else getting here and being that guy that we always knew they were going to be. It's confusing. You don't know what to make of Cedric Mullins because this was not the expectation for him. Sure. You can hope, and there's nothing wrong with hope, but you can't suddenly say, well, now we know we've got something in Cedric Mullins. Well, no, they don't, and neither does anybody else in baseball, and nobody's thinking of him in that way just yet could prove to be the case it could very well be that six months from now after a full season baseball says we've got an answer on this guy he's really good but we don't know that yet and it might very well be that in six months we got an answer on ryan mountcastle and it's also still fine. like a the steady balance thing is he's a very good defender which is going to make him somewhat valuable if only in a fourth outfield capacity right like he has that's room not, for yeah, that's not how i mean that's i'm saying he has finding room, a fourth outfielder does there's a lot of to, room offensively for whatever this range of his possible production to fluctuate and him still be a valuable player i think now you know i'll keep hoping this is just kind of who he is offensively and that he's truly a 300 or 280 plus hitter and they've got this you know, really good center fielder for the next four or five maybe, years. That'd be nice. Maybe. It'd be, right. it'd be swell if that proved to be the case. I don't disagree with that. He's not really young, though. Like, that doesn't... Doesn't mean that he can't still no, but it's relevant. Play at a high level. It's relevant in this conversation. Twenty seven. I think he's twenty eight, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I hear you. I don't... I don't... He's not exactly stealing bases left and right. But... Uh, Cedric Mullins is... No, he's only 26. All right. He's only 26. Okay. So, he's still young-ish. He's a young-ish. Uh, Brian says, for me, it's Grayson and Adley possibly in September. That's the next thing he's looking forward to. Uh, Ian uh, Ian says he's not looking forward to any – he says a return to the playoffs. So I guess the answer is he's just not looking forward to anything until they're good again is the answer for me. And a return to the playoffs should mean they're in a good spot for years to come once they get back. Going to be a few more years, sadly. I got to say, buddy, you I should mean, probably try to appreciate I mean, once like the – you know, I get it. I understand what he's saying, but I, I do in understand theory, you're, what missing, but you're missing the run to the playoffs. It's, well, it's, I'm, I'm hoping that people have other answers for, for this purpose, which is they're going to keep playing games in the meantime. What is it that you're going to choose outside of the, hey, you never know what might happen on a certain night? And I didn't include that in the setup for this. You do never know what well, night John Means might throw a no-hitter. Or home run game I mean, You, whoever, ne you right? just like, never know when somebody might make a spectacular play or something electric is going to occur. Shohei Otani hit a, uh, a home Finally run in the, ninth, doing in the right. ninth inning yesterday, and it was kind of an electric baseball moment. 
It's just that we don't have a Shohei Otani and nobody else. What are we going to be impressed by him? Yeah, it's it's a fair point. Um, By the way, guy went one for five yesterday. It was a crap day. I mean, let's not talk about him too much. Why don't you try to do something to help the team? Yeah, seriously. Um, But you just never know. On any given night, there might prove to be a reason to be excited about the game that you're watching if you choose to watch it. That's a baseball fan thing, right? Like that's it's it's the nature. Yes, it's the nature of the sport. This is a bigger question of what as an Orioles fan, is getting you by. Mm -hmm. Other than just, I'm an Orioles fan, so I'm going to watch because I'm going to watch. Or a little help from your friends. We do this all the time as as humans, which is what's the next thing we have to look forward to? What's the next event on our calendar? What's the next trip we're going to take? What's the next holiday that's coming up in a normal world? Obviously, it was a little little bit more difficult in the pandemic era. I think that's absolutely applying to people now, especially. But particularly now, we have a lot of this, which is what is the next thing that gets us through Mm -hmm. as humans? What can we say, hey, you know, this is going to be a tough week and work sucks, but you know what? Um, Coming up in two weeks. Brony convention. Exactly right. BronyCon, man. We are all in. I haven't seen my bros in a long time. We're looking forward to getting together, getting dressed up, and going out on the town. Like, what is that thing that exists? Is that a mask, by the way? What? No, 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 not a mask. No, I'm saying if you have a oh, mask, you just wear outfit. that. Yeah, I don't know how that would work. I, well, I don't think they've done the Brony cons since this all started. But our mask. So. I mean, I know the Orioles guys masked lot, up. A lot of questions. I don't know the answers to. Um, from from Brian, I think Brian's answer the the seeing ad. By the way, Grayson Rodriguez isn't coming up this year. That's not happening. It would require yeah. it would require it would require the team being competitive, and I don't. He's not. I don't think I. I'm, he could I'm being he could be in he could you, be in double A by midseason for sure. Th- if you're talking about a scenario where they said let's just throw one more arm in the bullpen, be- I, no, with, no, with no, not no. having the expanded rosters, I don't think there was a chance in hell that Grayson Rodriguez was coming. I'm up. saying more when, the, when you could go to 40 fine, men. But the inning problem, the innings being the also the other. Well, there's a lot of reasons, but they brought up Dylan Bundy once upon a time, but they only they did didn't do that because he was going to be on the playoff roster. They did it because they wanted they could. They could throw one more guy in the bullpen and you never knew what kind of emergency situation you might have when you needed to get an inning out of Dylan Bundy. Because you can't go to 40 men any longer in September, no, there's no scenario by which Grayson Rodriguez is coming up Look, this season. Look, it is a little odd that I think the entering the year before having seen him pitch, of course, either of them who both look great. You would have said, "I think Grayson Rodriguez reaches the majors before DL Hall." Uh, just based on their where where they were as yeah, far as I the mean, perception maybe, of them right, and where right. they were in their stuff. Now, of course, the gains the deal hall appears to have made this this year and entering this year are substantial. But the organization clearly had a feeling that was the case by putting him at double A and Grayson Rodriguez at single yeah, I don't, A and something like that. I don't, I don't think we're going to see. I would be still surprised if we saw DL Hall this season. I think Rutschman is the only one that you could see. And that would only be an essentially a, hey, you guys have stuck through this all year long. We would like a night where people show up at the ballpark. Let's bring him up, and then we'll just keep him down longer next year in order to make sure we start we, we don't mess up the service time thing. That's the only scenario by which I think we see one of those guys this year. I do think that, that we are getting lost in, like, when they brought up Manny Machado, it's because Manny Machado was going to help them win in 2012. I get it. There was a tangible reason to do it. There's no reason to bring up these guys outside of maybe an arrangement that you had before with Adley Rutschman's representatives about his clock and when it comes up. I could Was Mount see Castle the last touted prospect that they brought up? Yeah, right? Well, I don't know what you mean by I that. I mean, like, guy that... But Mount Castle had gone to AAA. 
Mount, Mount Castle had gone through the system. He'd been in there long he, enough. That wasn't he was a jump. He to learn defensive he, he positions. Just, and yeah, he, I hear you. It was just time for him. Yeah. It wasn't a, we need to bring somebody up to get attention. Who's the last it guy was, that called up? Called up? I, 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 that mattered? Long, yeah. When was the last time they had somebody that mattered? Machado. I mean, that's what we're talking about. The pitchers, Gosman and Bundy. Like, that's what we're talking about as who these guys are. I mean, they, they have not had these types of players that mattered over the years. Continue to give me your responses for this at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We'll talk about it throughout the course of the morning. Again, the thing that's getting you through, the next thing that you're looking forward to, that's what I want to know from you today, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. We're going to talk some lacrosse. It was a dramatic weekend, particularly the conclusion. We'll do that next. Glenn Clark Radio the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia Base Brewery, Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off 
every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have you Chris Jericho, Le Champion, AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at pressboxonline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at glennclarkradio.com. Glennclarkradio.com. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. So my column is coming today at pressboxonline.com, and look, I you know, it's it's maybe not for everybody, but it's about lacrosse and it's about what we saw last night out in Denver. And I know it wasn't our next guest game, um, but it was so unbelievable that we have to talk about it. It was one of the best things I've seen in a long time. Joining us now, of course, uh, former Johns Hopkins goalie and the man behind uh, not just a, a college lacrosse at ESPN, but you see him doing plenty of college football as well. It's always a pleasure for us to welcome back into the program Mr. Quint Kestnick, who joins us now here on GCR. Quint, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's always great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Glenn, I, I got to tell you, breathe in through the nose Shoot. and out through the mouth. Shoot. In through the nose, out through the mouth. I could not sleep after that game Dude. last night. Dude, that look- was that was. I had to do like breathing exercises. I had to go for a, uh, just to settle down. Man, that was an incredible game from start to finish. Uh, I watched the first half while eating dinner in my kitchen. I went down to the basement and like locked all the doors, and I was locked in. And it was like tension. Uh, it had it had everything, and you combine that with the, this incredible Loyola story. Uh, it, it was uh, it was superb. It's unreal, man. Look, I as I admitted in the column, everybody knows I'm not. I am I am biased here. I am the play-by-play guy for Loyola. I care. I can't lie about these things. But my God, if you like sport, if you like theater, if you like anything, it had all of it last night. I, what you're talking about, I. I was coming unglued watching this game last night, Quinn. Anyone? No, exactly. I, yeah. You, and, and you know Loyola's story well. I mean, th- this is a team who they've really struggled with COVID over there this season. Yep. They, they have such a strong locker room and not being able to use it and the, and the rules and the protocols. And they were kind of struggling. You know, it, you know, this is a team with some ability. And, and they were kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, there was something about that Georgetown win that caught my eye. It was really, really a surprising win. And then they're kind of on a run only to have it halted by the, the false positive yep. before the Patriot League finals. And then they're put in the ultimate, you know, purgatory uh, of the bubble of the NCAA tournament. But once in this, like this reincarnation, right? And it's almost like a free ride. Like we, we've been dead. Now we're alive. Okay, so what? Let's go make a play. Like what's the worst thing that's going to happen to us? And so, so I'm seeing that offensively with this team. Guys taking some chances, guys making some plays, uh, and it was uh, it was it was a beautiful, beautiful. Uh, I mean, 
I, I could hardly not get choked up watching Charlie yeah. Toomey last night, oh, and tough. he held his composure. It's tight. So, and one of the, good for him. One of the most likable humans in this sport, man. Like, you know, just one of the best guys there is, and yeah, I'm with you. Uh, two other stories about it last night. For it to be Sam Schaefer, Quint, and, and, and the guys that called the game last night did a great job of talking about it. I walked in the day of that Navy game, and I was told, it's not just that Sam's not starting. We're telling you, he might not be the backup at this point. Like, he's, it just might be that he's not going to play. And they give up the 10 goals in Navy in the first half, and Charlie decides to go back to him on senior day. And the guy that we've seen, like, yes, obviously last night was spectacular, but think about that save he made in the final minute of the Army game. When, when they had to win that to get onto the bubble for the tournament. I, it's, it's unreal to me, Sam Schaefer's story, to be in that position last night to make that play. Yeah, and I think a lot of that, well, the, the credit goes to Sam, but it also goes to his head coach, Charlie Toomey, who played the position uh, and, and who has a track record of putting out really well-schooled, well-prepared goalies. And he knows that it's, it's not just technique, it's attitude, it's uh, confidence. And, uh, you know, Charlie was a fiery competitor. Sam looks like he's a little more calm and cool in the cage. But somewhere along the line, I think they, they found a common ground. And, and now Sam is, is, is peaking at the right time. And if there's anybody like that I trust in terms of evaluating goalies, yeah. working the psychology of goalies, improving goalies, getting them in or, you know, in, in a, in a, getting them hot and getting them out of a funk, it's Charlie. Uh, and, and he's done that with Sam. And, Quinn, the other thing that jumped out at me about last night in particular is they, they lost 23 of 30 face Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like – and I thought Matt did a great job because he really set up how the face-off thing was going to become the storyline in the second half. Right. It's a great second quarter by Loyola, 7-2. They own that quarter. And then I'm sitting there saying, okay, like – I'm, I'm looking. I mean, that was a game where I was looking at the clock a lot. Yeah. I'm like, wow. There's a lot of time left. Yep. And and Denver goes on the six-two run in the third quarter. And Matt Matt pointed it out ahead of time. I give him a lot of credit. Loyola wasn't winning a single face-off, so it was make it take it. Uh, Loyola was going to have to win on defense, and I was worried about the altitude kicking in. Those long possessions. They were gassed. They were tired, and it was. It reminded me of a boxing match. You know. Uh, where, where one guy's just holding on, trying to get through the last round, and he's just ducking and bobbing yep. and weaving and it's ducking. It's just guts. It's just guts and and hard at this point. <laughs> I, I, Quint, I, I just all I could keep saying was all, they they got nothing left. They just are trying to figure out a way to the finish line, whatever they can throw at them to get it done, and they managed to get it done. It was it was so spectacular, man. All right, so so besides that, Quint Kasnick's with us here on GCR. Besides that, and I'm writing about it today at PressBoxOnline.com because it was just that good. It was just such a great day. Besides that, what else mattered most to you from this first weekend of the tournament? Well, locally, uh, I covered the Maryland uh, win over Vermont yep. earlier in the day, and I-, I thought the Terps looked really sharp. You know, the first round hasn't been kind to Maryland during finals week. If you go back and look at the scores, well, they've won, I think, I don't know, seven of eight of their last eight first-round games. Many of them have been a lot closer than anticipated. This one wasn't. Uh, I was impressed with, with everything I saw. Jared Bernhardt was unbelievable. I mean, he, he's like, I don't know, he, he's, he's like that magic, uh, that magic button you push on, on a video game yeah. where, where the guy's got, he's just bigger, faster, stronger, yep. more athletic. He's I mean, a joy to he, watch. He's a, yeah. he's a unicorn. And uh, I was just impressed with the way Maryland held serve. Uh, it wasn't a perfect win. They gave up 11 goals. I, I I do give John Tillman credit. He put in some second and third stringers late in the game that made the score look 
closer than it should be. So from a local standpoint, that was big. I, I, you know, the Georgetown game that I covered on Saturday night was an eye-opener. I mean, the Hoyas just torched Syracuse. Uh, eighteen to eight. You know their fans. They had they had they had yeah, the students were there. Student section. Yeah. It's unbelievable. The visuals. It was like wow. This is what it used to be like. You know, it was the first <laughs> game all season that I felt like, oh my gosh, look at this. We 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 got we got exuberance, youthful exuberance from the fans. Do do we did we learn enough from yesterday to know what it's going to be? And maybe you know combine that with what Rutgers did over the weekend. Did we learn enough? to have a better feeling for how Maryland plays now that they're going to have to play the kind of power teams they didn't play during the course of the season? Mm, I don't know if we've learned enough. This, I mean, I, I, I think I've, I've kind of said, my eyes told me that the ACC was pretty good this year. My eyes told me that Rutgers and Maryland were very good in the Big Ten this year. The rest of that bunch is where I have my question marks. I, I just think the defenses, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and Hopkins – we're, we're not very good. I mean, a, a yeah. comedy of errors when you watch them. It would be like watching a football game and, and a team can't play man and they bust when they're in zone. It's like, can anyone make a stop? And, and so that was my concern going into this tournament. I thought Rutgers looked really sharp, man. Uh, they, they, they got an attack, average age of like 24. Their goalie, Colin Kirst, in my eyes, is the best uh, in the country. And I was really impressed with the way Rutgers bounced back after losing to Hopkins in the Big Ten semifinals. And then Maryland, you know, built on that Sunday. So so uh, in terms of their belonging, you know, their place in this tournament and their futures, uh, I, no, I, I thought those guys uh, really, really did well for the league. Is there danger to the conversation that a lot of people want to have about Syracuse and them getting in ahead of Army or Navy and, and there's revisionist history, or is there relevance to – Hey, hey, maybe just winning two games over Virginia shouldn't alone be enough to get you into a tournament. It's... Well, you know, I see conflicting data because I, I see Army beating Syracuse. You know, Army lost to Lehigh, and Lehigh looked looked like garbage against Rutgers. Uh, and then yet another team in that league, Loyola, who was middle of the pack Patriot League, beats Denver. So, like, I got conflicting data. So I'm not sure what to believe uh, – I'm not sure what to believe in the Patriot League. I'm just, it's just yeah, it's it. kind of yep. it's kind of it's kind of hard to to track. No, I don't disagree with that. And and look, I mean, ultimately, it was going to be a difficult. The the one thing that everybody that messaged me about it, it was a really difficult year for a committee to pick 16 teams. Or you know, I, I didn't pick 16 of them, but you know, it's just uh, how how do you handle all of this? And so it was hard for me to get worked up about just about any decision that they were going to make. I know that eternally people want to fight for the, the little guy and, and Army and Navy certainly are, are two easy ones to fight for because of who they are, but I, I just don't know that there were going to be easy answers this year in trying to put together a field. No, and again, there were 64 teams that finished the season, let's say. Usually there's 75, no Ivy League. And at the end of the day with the league tournaments, you had eight, eight automatic qualifiers. Those branch out to four deep. Okay, that's 32 teams who, who you could extend this bracket. Uh, and, and you had one team at the end of the day, Army, that has a legitimate gripe. I, I would say Villanova will be next on the list uh, for not getting in. Y- y- you know, like one out of 64 ain't so bad. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. So what, what's the plan uh, for you now? Are you are you actually going to be able to get out to one of the locations this weekend, or is that not happening until the Final Four? Knock on wood. I, I guess, you know, I've been vaccinated, but if I guess if I pass uh, another COVID test, they're going to actually let me go to BWI and fly to a lacrosse game. Excellent. Uh, where, where, where are you headed? I'm, I'm, 
Sunday, Sunday nice. ESPNU. We've got uh, we've got the the Duke Loyola yep. game, and then we've got Maryland Notre Dame. So I'm excited. It's graduation week, so I'm staying like 45 minutes outside of South Bend. I couldn't find any hotel. Holy crap! But, Holy. Uh, but to but to be there in person, and I'm not sure what the fan situation is uh, out in Indiana. But I mean, the Maryland Notre Dame game is is the game of the weekend. You know, Notre Dame is really balanced. They're really old. They've got like nine graduate transfers, guys who came in to go to their business school. They, they've upgraded significantly, but they didn't play great against Drexel. So uh, Notre Dame that I saw earlier in the year can beat Maryland and can, you know, make this a, a great game. If Notre Dame plays the way they did against Drexel last week, uh, Maryland will advance. Uh, that is, of course, the the two local teams both playing on Sunday on ESPNU, and Quinn will be out there for both of those. And Maryland fans mad that they have to travel. That Maryland's got to travel to Notre Dame. Hey, man, it's it's a COVID year, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, well, we're we're thankful that there's playoff games. Correct. There's also still some tickets on Southwest because I was on the site this morning. So you want to fly from BWI to Midway? That's that's your you, that's your and you can go out and game. support the team, yeah, and try to try to make up the difference and then playing out that way. Uh, at Q uh, at Q Kesnick on Twitter, that's how you follow him. Quint, really appreciate it, man. I'm still on this high from last night, and I had to celebrate it this morning. So I appreciate you jumping on and chatting about it with me this morning. Well, let's talk again real soon. All right. Thanks, Glenn. Uh, good job this year uh, covering uh, loyal love. Thank you. A lot of those games. I so, really appreciate it, Quint. Thank uh, appreciate you. Appreciate so your passion, man. All right, brother. We'll talk soon. Quint Kesnick, great dude. Uh, very good at what he does. And yeah, if you did not watch last night. Holy crap. Even I watched. Even Kyle watched. By the way, we're both in a little bit of trouble. Booker got four points this weekend. We both got two. But it's the late is what matters. Like really, it's the for the most part. Yes, if we have a chance. But, but it means that we only have – he's got four teams left, okay. and we've got two each. That's right. the way that it goes. Like that's The points aren't yeah, that, well, that significant. It would have been nice – if I had known and was able to actually find out some information about any lacrosse. If you could cheat him. is what you're trying to say. I don't know cheat. how valuable like, face-off stuff There's is. 16, well, as it turns out, for Denver, it wasn't that valuable. They well, for Lehigh, neither. But exactly I right. Because it's, you guys are talking about how, oh, my gosh, the face-off. It was you really good. Learn, control the ball. You can win all these games, and here you are. Well, Nothing to show. It helps. Last night it was better to have a, a goalie. Well, I'm praying that one of Maryland or Georgetown or both can. And and by the way, they they both played incredibly well this yeah. weekend. They both had great performances. I had Carolina and Virginia, so Virginia plays Georgetown. Yeah. So that's a pretty important one now for you and I. Yeah. If it comes down to you and I, we each only have two a, left, right? Yes, correct. So one of us is definitely losing a team. This weekend for sure. Booker's got Duke, Notre Dame, Rutgers, and Loyola left. He took both sides. He took Loyola and Denver, which is looking back on it, kind of a smart yeah, play. Yeah, like, I kind was of, planning was on 50, doing that with um, a 50 Rutgers, game. and then he took them. Yeah, it was a 50-50 game, and so he took both sides of it, and he got that point. Of course, um, we still don't really know if I don't lose. We don't really know how we're doing this, but we're going to figure out a way that Kyle's going to have to run. I'd like Ten to do the, the walk from the studio to Towson. That'd be nice. That's Booker. Yeah, yeah. like, we, we didn't even consult him on that, but I saw it last year. Yeah, we, that is what at, we agreed to. And so I'm, that, no, I'm like, with yeah, you. Yeah. That's what we're doing. And frankly, I think that's probably what you should have to do as well. During the course of a show, you would have to go about doing it. Well, it would take longer I would, that, wouldn't it? How long is it? Uh, if you're just walking? Well, if you were walking, it would take longer for sure. Well, I would think that you'd like to mix in. If I go run the 10-miler, I'm not just going to walk I'm the whole aware. time. I'm well aware. I'd like to mix in a little running. I get it. Hang on a second. What's the? Where are we? We are in. Let's well, say, just say, um, Hamden. It's 
for posterity. We don't want to give away the exact location, you know? Uh, why are people afraid, are afraid people are going to yeah. come stalk us? Yeah. Is that what you're worried what about? You, you haven't been by the way, uh, today's show is also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roofing and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or go to C3America.com to find out more and to get your free analysis. All right, hang on a second. I mean, it's at least six miles, I, can, uh, I would think. All right, hang on. Did we say, like, was there a specific location on campus at Towson University? I don't remember that specifically. Oh, I, just, I just realized that there is a chance that, hang on a second, got to check my texts. What are we doing? Well, there was something else we were hoping to do this morning that, uh, Loyola got in at 5 a.m. last night from Denver. Like, their flight landed right. at 5 a.m., and so they were going to scramble to see if somebody might be available to come join us this morning, but... Um, unfortunately, the way we had booked our show, there were only certain times that were yeah. available to boot, and so I just realized I should have been I should have been checking of, my right, phone yeah, during the course there. of the show. Believe it or not, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm aware. <laughs> I assure you, I'm aware that that's the case because I could have been getting texts that said, "Hey, man, you need to call so and so right now." Yeah, and uh, he can do I, ten minutes right, right now, I seven would, minutes ago. Exactly right. I would not have been doing that. It would have been a problem. All right, so occur- according to um, the site that we used to print directions from, it is 7.3 miles from yeah, from here to Towson More University. than a half marathon. Yes, but it's not 10 miles. We need to find out what's 10 miles. 10 miles Perhaps is the number. Mount Washington-ish. You say start there yeah. and go to Towson? Perhaps. Maybe. Maybe. That might be the answer. We'll find out. Or if there's a point that you could park, you could run park, to park at my parents' house. Or you know? could or could you go somewhere and then come back? Is there somewhere we can go five miles and then five go miles back. back? I'm like a hippo. What is it? A rhino? A rhino. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's the that's what we need. That's what you're dealing with. Um yeah, I mean I would say I could start in my parents' house. That's probably was about to get to hilly at certain parts, man. Well, I mean, you're the one that can't. Well, I, by the way, the ten miler is hilly too, but you know which what, is a Glenn, weird bit. Very scenic look. It's a good route. I know I, the route I, I'd take. It's a I, good, beautiful little little walk. I don't I, certain parts. I definitely walk certain parts. I have to do that for certain. But parts. I really don't know what that's about. That the ten miler is. If they see me running by Shepherd Pratt, are they just going to? take Oh, me? they might. It's possible. <laughs> it's totally possible. It's right there too. So it yeah, would definitely be, be cross cross paths. My column is up at PressBoxOnline.com about last night and really about to me why it was an example of just loving sports and just everything about it. The Sam Schaefer story is re- he was benched a month ago. He didn't start on his own senior day. And yet, not only did he make the save last night, as I mentioned, he made a dramatic save in the closing seconds to protect a one-goal win against Army. The guy that was benched. Just a month ago. Because you don't know what that feels like. Yeah, I know. I've been a superstar my entire life. I can't relate. On top of that, all the stuff that Quint was talking about with what they were going, they weren't even on the bubble a couple weeks ago. They were 5-5. Five and five. They were a mediocre lacrosse team. They got their ass kicked at the face-off X last night. They had to will Jack their way. Matters a lot. It does. They had to will their way somehow throw everything they could completely sell out as much as they possibly could. Well, they were up by like five at one point. And they, then were, they were up big at the half. At the but start, they, and then, but, and yeah, that was what Quinn talked about. Back. And it, they talked about it on the broadcast. It was always going to happen because Denver was just going to be able to win face-off after face-off. They, they, they played so far above their heads, which they had to. They had to build up Booker that lead. said there was no chance Loyola wins. 
Uh, Even though he ended up picking them. Yeah, that was a weird bit. That was a weird bit. That was all, it was just awesome. It was so awesome, and that's why you watch sports. Even when you're a cynic, even when you don't love sports, you don't become, you're not the fan that you once were. Nights like that are the reason that we love sports, because you get something that you can't get anywhere else. Because there is a human drama that's playing mm-hmm. out that is... You saw that Denver kid... Oh, just weeping. For what it's worth, I'm sure he'll have nightmares about that opportunity. You you hate that for them, no doubt. I hate that for them for sure. But, man, oh, it was so good. And you can read about it today. I wrote about it at PressBoxOnline.com. The other thing I want to just spend a minute on this morning, I've already, of course, of course the idiot that I had to deal with about it was Drew Forrester this morning. Uh, If anybody, your bias related to Manny Machado is so overwhelming that you decide your eyes are seeing something they're not. And it's a tough optical thing. Like this is Well, the a- first tweet that the guy, the John Boy guy sent out was was borderline. If he was a journalist, it would be journalistic malpractice. John Boyega? No, this guy, the guy John Boy that's like a Yankees fan that's become this famous Twitter guy over the years. The first one that he sent out, without any context, makes it look like Manny Machado is trying to take out a second baseman nowhere near second base. Sure, which is... When you see the entire video you suddenly realize what was actually happening, which was a second baseman was running at Manny Machado to try to tag him out. Manny Machado in the base paths, as every baseball player is coached to do, goes down, is so concerned about not injuring the player that he swings his legs out wide to make sure he doesn't spike the second baseman. Which there's an in the initial movement of his getting down. I think this is what I think threw people off a lot. It, if you're parsing it like frame by frame, looks like at the beginning he's going into a slide before, like you say, he no, you, does pull his You realize his legs. exactly what he's doing. If Unless you've decided your bias is, I think Manny Machado is dirty. Well, you also you, have to go through the, put himself like. Again, you understand that us. when someone is running, right. they don't just get to drop down. Like, what are you, put yourself in their shoes. And when you have. You could argue that, oh, Machado doesn't hustle. He could have just dropped down without any momentum. Well, I'm pretty sure he was running, right? Like, if you're That's running the point. and you have to drop down to the it, ground, your momentum's going to carry and you forward. This goes back. You're trying to find something to confirm your own bias. So if Manny Machado just gives himself up, allows himself to be tagged, well, then you're going to scream about how yeah. lazy and, and sure. awful he is. You've, you're biased. You don't like Manny Machado for whatever reason. Some of you need to get, you need to really think about who you are as a human and what the reasons might be. But in that moment, it is quite obvious what's happening. He's going down to avoid a tag. And it is something because that we we're not used to seeing something that could be construed as breaking up a double play. We're not used to seeing a second baseman run at a runner right. in the base pads. It's not a play that happens a lot in baseball. Sure. The second baseman typically throws the ball to the shortstop covering second base. It requires a particularly hard hit ball. It requires it to be hit a right at a certain spot and, and the runner being... has to be in a certain... Not having ran prior. And, you just yeah. don't... It's not a play that you sure. see much because typically that second baseman is aware that the runner is not just going to run right to him. He's going to try to avoid being tagged, and so it's smarter to throw the ball to second base, get the out that way, and let the shortstop throw the ball to first base. Somebody could say, That's, well, if it's Billy Hamilton at home plate, then blah, 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 blah. you got to hurry up and be faster. But the second double plays are supposed to be hard. <laughs> I agree. That's the point. 
you got to make the play as quickly as you possibly can. And a runner's not supposed to help you do that. Well, like, what is he supposed to do? Do a spin move and like? It's it's, it's not even he. It's not even about what he's supposed to do. But That's saying, what he's supposed to do. I hear That's you. exactly what you're supposed to do in that situation. Literally to the T, what you're supposed to do. It's not just that it's not dirty. It is an incredible baseball play. It is exactly what you're supposed to do as a runner. If they're going to choose to come at you to try to get the tag, don't let them tag you. That's on them. Well, if you're going to or make them have to take that as the only out. Right? Like, whatever it is, the point don't allow it to be an easy, easy tag yes, right. that they can then turn the ball and throw to first base. That's your well, then, job then your as a runner. That you are allowed to do do the thing that helps your team. It's insane. It's li- the we're having a conversation that is the direct opposite of the conversation that should be had, which is wow, in a situation that doesn't occur all that much, Manny Machado did exactly what he was supposed to do as a baseball player. And did it as safely as he possibly could. We should be applauding Manny Machado. I don't know. His helmet wasn't up. We're so drunk that we think that in some way Manny Machado did something wrong. It's literally the opposite of that. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. And he did it in a way that protected the guy that he was had running towards him. Is there a quote from him? Who is it? Edmund? Who was their second baseman? Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen it. it what, was uh, there? I, don't yeah, know I, I have no asking. idea. It was, who were they playing? The Reds or the Rock? The, the Cardinals? Who was it? It was the Cardinals. Yeah. It was the Cardinals. I mean, holy hell. What is wrong with us? How lost are we? We, we, have, we have, we've given up the ability to think. And by the way, the guy that sent it out originally might have just known what he was doing, which is... If I present this without context, I bet I'll get a bunch of social media traction because there's a bunch of stupid people in the world. And the stupid people in the world lapped it up. Just said, oh, I don't like this guy, so please give me something that I can try to use to justify not liking him because I'm stupid. Oh, it was a, it was a field day for the stupid. It was textbook what you're supposed to do as a runner. And he went above and beyond. If he had been less concerned about the second baseman, it would have been defensible. That's not his job. The second baseman chose to run at him. It is not your job to help that guy. Holy F! Imagine! Your job is to try to make sure that it is not easy for them to turn a double play. Try to avoid the tag. Make it take longer for them to get a tag, thus allowing the runner running to first base to get to first base. It's so simple. We are going so far out of our way to try to find something that isn't there because we don't want to like Manny Machado. And instead of saying, wow, what a smart baseball player Manny Machado is. We're trying to make it seem like there was something controversial that occurred. It didn't. Get a hold of yourself. Seek help for your Manny Machado problem. Hour number one of today's show from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio has also been brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia. 
lot of great private signings coming up with Great Eights memorabilia, including perhaps you've heard of Anquan Bolden. Maybe you've heard of Joe Flacco, Chris McAllister, Jonathan Ogden. They're all coming up. Tucker Fest. That's happening on June 27th. It's a Jerry's Toyota. Justin Tucker is going to be there. He's a kicker. Maybe you've heard of him. You can meet him. Pictures and autographs. Live music. Dunk tank. Live broadcast. It's going to be a festival, a celebration. June 27th at Jerry's Toyota. Great8smemorabilia.com to get your tickets to find out more. Great8smemorabilia.com. By the way, 1,000% correct, John from Little Rock. The end of the Liverpool. I don't even care about Like I, I didn't even need to know the context. The guy, the goalie, Allison, and, and more, once you learn the context, his father died just a few weeks ago. Goalie comes in flying in the 95th minute to score a goal off a corner, heading it in himself. Ugh, it's, you're absolutely right, John. It's, that's why you love sports. That's why you love sports. It's, it's unreal. It's unreal. It's a great point. Great call. Great call. All right, into hour number two of the program. Um, continue to get me some of your responses on Twitter, at Glenn Clark Radio. I promise our next guest is who I say he is. I promise. Had a little bit of an issue last time. Uh, joining us now here on GCR, uh, this man, longtime NFL coach, and formerly the offense coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens. He has now moved into a different field. He has joined the podcast community, uh, first episode featuring someone you might have heard of named Michael Vick. It's the Camp Marty Quarterback School podcast. You can find out more at CampMartyPodcast.com. It's a pleasure to welcome back into the program. Marty Morningweg, who joins us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's good to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hey, this is awesome. Let's rock and roll. I appreciate you mentioning the Camp Marty podcast. We, I've been having a little fun with that, and Mike Vick sort of opened up and uh, allowed us to get into his personal life just a little bit and dropped another one, the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, mm. who has built that organization into one of the top talented teams, of course, in the NFL. And uh, he gave his Preakness pick, and it went kaplunk. But other than that, it was a hell of an interview. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Veach, of course, you're talking about. You know, Marty, i got to tell you, when, when, when the Ravens drafted Lamar, we we reached out to Mike uh, Vick, and and he came on with us, and he, I, the things that he said about you and what you did for his life and his career, I mean, almost moved me to tears having that conversation, and him, what? How did that work? Can you take me back to those days and knowing what he had been through and him showing up at that point in his life, and how did you guys end up creating that type of relationship? that clearly you mean so much to each other still to this day. Mike and I are very close, yes. Uh, and it goes back to, look, at he what a fascinating life he's had. And it's just getting started. He started his life at the bottom and went to the top of what he was trying to do, and then a crash and burn like very few have ever seen or experienced. And then he comes to Philadelphia and just out of the can. He spent 18 months in the can. And so we went from ground zero, and I thought at that point, before that point, he was one of the great, a lot like Lamar, great, exciting, 
dynamic players in the NFL, maybe ever, yep. right? Yep, absolutely. And then we so we started at ground one, uh, uh, playing the quarterback position and how we go about our business playing the quarterback position. And then, as you know, he ended up uh, winning the, the Comeback Player of the Year award. And uh, what a fantastic – he played quarterback. And we, we talk about it on the podcast, decision-making, accuracy, timing, and then turn it loose. And he turned it loose like nobody has in 2010. And, and so we stay close uh, the rest of the way. And he's become a great father, a great husband. He's uh, uh, sort of transformed himself into a really good media guy on the TV, on radios, on podcasts. So I'm very proud of Mike. Uh, he's, I mean, it's, uh, his second story has been unbelievable. Uh, you can find out more from that conversation, CampMartyPodcast.com. Marty Morningweg is with us here on GCR. You know, you make the comparison between Mike and Lamar, Coach, and, and, and I, w- I want to know where you were. When, when the Ravens made the decision and when you, what you knew of Lamar, did you, in your mind, know then, this is, a steal, this is the steal of a century? Did you know this guy is going to be one of the most electric football players that will ever exist? Or did you have any trepidation at that point? Did you have any – like, I know I've spoken to people within the Ravens organization that did – have trepidation about it and weren't as convinced. Where, where were you when when this all began with Lamar Jackson? I thought he was special. It, it was that simple. And I remember at the end of the evaluation on Lamar Jackson, and um, you know, most of the NFL did not think he could play quarterback. I had one. And they were talking Marty, this about. Is not a joke. I had I had a current coach elsewhere in the league call me laughing after the Ravens selected him at number 32. Yeah, yeah. No, hey, I, I would say most of the NFL did not think he could play quarterback. And uh, my evaluation on him was, this man is so special that absolutely he could probably play multiple different positions in this league. But why would you ever do that to this young man? Because he is a quarterback. He's got gut instincts. He's got feel of the game. He sees and feels things that others don't. He throws the ball just well enough, and that will get better every year for about the first three or four years. I just thought he was a special, special guy. Then we brought him in for a visit. And there's always a couple of items with every player that you want to cover, and his was, He was bringing his mom and siblings with him wherever he got drafted. This was pre-draft that we were having this discussion. And then no agent. And we talked about those two items. And when he left the office, I remember telling James Urban, who was in on that meeting, the quarterback coach, I'm going, he may be smarter than anybody else in this league uh, because of the reasons he had for that. And it worked beautifully, didn't it? Um, it, um, better than anyone could have ever possibly imagined, <laughs> Coach. Even in our, our wildest expectations could not have been what it proved to be. Coach Marty Morningweg is with us here on GCR. Uh, Coach, with that in mind, right? Like, when we think of you, we obviously think of the West Coast offense and we think of throwing the ball a ton, and that's clearly not what the Ravens have been in the Lamar Jackson era. And 
I, I, you know, maybe, and there's some, they clearly part of that was, is you're not part of it anymore. But when you hear people say this needs to evolve and the Ravens need to, to, to maybe not completely change the offense, but need to do different things. What do you think of that? What do you make of this idea that what they're doing and running the ball this much can't win a Super Bowl, it can't get you where you need to be as a franchise, you have to throw the ball more, this is 2020 or 2021. What do you make of it when you hear things like that? Well, first of all, with me, I think it's a little bit of a misnomer that, uh, you, you, you know, I think people think of me and wild and crazy and down the field shots and big plays and all that. I've led the league multiple times in rushing, uh, especially early in my career. But so the, uh, I kind of laugh when, when uh, people think that. But, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. Here's what's got to happen. Uh, and, look, it's, I'm not saying that they cannot win a Super Bowl doing just as they're doing, but I think it's very, very rare that that will happen because typically you are going to run into a team that – shuts down your run game just a little bit where you're not popping the big plays and, and, and all 22 eyes on Lamar Jackson, all those things. And so, and, and you may be down by 10 points at the beginning or middle of the fourth quarter, and you have to be able to throw the football precisely. And if you haven't done that all year long, sort of, I've learned this when I was young from Steve Young. If you haven't practiced it in league games, then what are the odds that you can do it down the stretch and into the playoffs? So I think it's very simple, though. I don't think it's a big move. I think it's just, I know this, it's just a touch of an adjustment philosophically. Just a touch. It doesn't take much to get that passing game rolling. And look, at sometimes it'll bite you just a little bit when you throw the ball in really critical situations and you've got this great running quarterback in these backs and the line that can block, but you have to keep a defense, especially the top five, let's say, and sometimes eight or ten, but you have to keep those defenses off balance. And you can do it to some extent just with the running game because we're very, I said, we're, the Ravens are very creative in the run game. You have to be creative in the pass game as well. So that's my outlook on the Ravens. It's not much of an adjustment, just a slight adjustment towards the passing game. My second point would be Lamar Jackson. And much like Mike Vick, much like a lot of players coming out uh, that are very, very athletic, I always thought by year three or four, they have to become uh, just an excellent pocket-type passer. Otherwise, they're going to get beat up just too much. And then your third and, let's say, if you're in too many third and seven pluses, seven yards or more, you've got to get that thing squared away uh, with drop-back passes. So, uh, And it doesn't look like they've gone to that. So that's part of that little adjustment. And then uh, you get concerned just a little bit about Lamar taking too many, too many little hits, and those add up throughout the first uh, three to four or five years. Marty, you talk about the the idea of keeping the defense off balance, and I've kind of been wondering and playing with it myself when you talk about the Ravens having added, you know, a lot of young receivers to their core and Sammy Watkins as well, and putting more talent on the outside around Lamar Jackson. 
but I've questioned whether or not is it the chicken or the egg situation. Is that enough for a defense to now give the space and respect what the Ravens are putting on the outside, or do the Ravens have to go out there and Lamar Jackson have to go out there and prove that those guys are weapons and that he's capable of getting the ball to them in order to have that newfound space? That's right. You bring up a good point. Look, the the Baltimore Ravens are in great hands personnel-wise with Eric DaCosta and that crew and then John Harbaugh, great head coach. So all of that, that organization is one of the very best in all of sports. So let's not ever question that. Now, as far as the philosophy on, okay, we've got some guys outside, now we can do it. They've got plenty, especially with this draft. they got Rashad and, uh, and, and a couple others. And then the players that they had on their roster, they're – they're in good shape. It just goes back to, like you said, they get more one-on-one coverage than anybody else because of Lamar Jackson. Let's take advantage of it. They've got plenty of skill and ability. It's just a little bit of philosophical adjustment. That's all. And you've got to practice it in the offseason, going into the season, preseason, and in league games throughout the year. So you're fully equipped uh, to overcome that 10 or 12 or 14 point deficit uh, late in the game, like they will be in, 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 in two or three games, I would suspect. And they'll get into one down the stretch and into the playoffs, like has happened in the past couple of years. Is it a, how simple of an adjustment is it, right? Is it just, you know, adjusting the routes that they are running, the technique that they're using, all, all of the above? Like, do you think it's easy for them to make the adjustment they need to make? I think it's it's easy, but it is philosophical. It, it's it's really not schematic. Although you're always going to evolve, and you're always going to try to stay one step ahead of your opponent and two or three steps ahead of the whole league. Uh, so you try to do that philosophically, and they they've got to bring that passing game back into it, and then and then be create just as creative in the pass game as they are in the run game. I will tell you one thing that. When, when you're running the ball like that, it's very creative. They do, they do a heck of a job. We did a heck of a job, Lamar's rookie year, and went right to a young quarterback's strengths, right? Well, they're still playing directly to his top strength, and, and they, they, they've got to open it up just a little bit, right? And so if they get that thing going, now they're unstoppable. Marty Morningweg, the Camp Marty podcast. Again, CampMartyPodcast.com is where you find it. He's with us here on GCR. Marty, could I ask you one just about, I feel like in all the excitement, the Ravens you know, did a lot at the skill position this offseason, drafting a receiver in the first round, signing Sammy Watkins, um, people like Tylon Wallace. I feel like there's been almost a loss of the conversation about where the offensive line is, and there's been this acceptance that, you know, Alejandro Villanueva, who's never played right tackle, will be just fine playing right tackle and replacing Orlando Brown. And I, I'm not I, – I feel like I'm more concerned about the offensive line than the general public is. Knowing what they do, should we be more – I mean, we, we're talking about them starting a third-round pick at left guard right now and Ben Cleveland and, you know, it might turn out to be a really good football player, but he was available late in the third round of the NFL draft. And we're talking about being a day-one starter – Moving Bradley Bozeman to center, who hasn't played there since college, although I think he should be able to play quite well because he was good in college. I I have more fears about this than I feel like most people do. Am I right to have concerns about what the Ravens are doing up front? 
I would go the other way on that. I'm not as concerned about their offensive line. They know what they're doing. They've got plenty of men. I believe they've got some depth there. That's the key. You have to have, let's say, eight. And within that, you've got to have some versatility, like Bozeman, where they can play multiple positions, especially at the left tackle spot. And the left tackle spot is not quite uh, as a top priority with the Baltimore Ravens just because of their style. But left tackle and center spot, you have to have some versatility there. Uh, they're going to be fine there. They, they, uh, again, uh, they've got depth and they've got excellent coaching. So I have no qualms. I think they're fully loaded. I thought they were fully loaded, and this is what you want to be. You want to have a really good team uh, at all positions going into the draft mm-hmm. so you can ultimately draft For, the best yep. player on the board. If you're not fully equipped in all of a sudden you have to lean towards a certain position and you may be drafting a man just a little bit higher, uh, which is okay. You have to do that. But if you're fully equipped going into the draft like the Ravens were, I thought they were fully equipped and that allowed them to, dra- to draft the best player on the board. And, and uh, uh, anyways, I really think they're in good hands with, with Eric DaCosta, John Harbaugh, that whole organization. I think they put a really good football team together. Again, just a little tiny bit of philosophical adjustment regarding the pass game, and they are rolling. We haven't talked their defense. Their defense is always going to be strong, and they've got the Yeah, we kind of take it for granted, Marty. Yeah. Yeah. We just just sort of assume it's going to be good, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's the way it works. Coach, when you talk about, you know, the pass game, the evolution of it, one thing they didn't really do this offseason or in the past two years is – at a third tight end right after having Hayden Hurst depart. And it's gone from sort of a discussion about, well, they need to add one to sort of falling to the background. But do you think that might indicate that they are planning to to move forward with the passing game in a little bit of a different fashion? Or do you think that's more so the Ravens just saying, look, we've found tight ends in our sleep. We'll be all right. No, I think you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Now, that third tight end is important for the Baltimore Ravens. Don't get me wrong, but some of these moves, and some of them have been subtle, it appears to me that they are adjusted just a touch towards that pass game. And, I, and look, at, I think they've tried to do it. I, it goes back to this. You're in a tight ball game, or you're playing a team that you think you can – run the football and you go to that, right? And and you go to the strengths of your quarterback and your football team and, and those and then all of a sudden you get late to the year and you haven't you haven't thrown the ball very well or very much and then uh, and then you expect it to happen. It doesn't work that way. So so it ha- again, I know I talked about this before, it happen it has to happen early in the OTAs and many camps and all the way through training camp and all the way through the season. It just has to happen for you to be equipped uh, to beat a good football team and you're down 10 points in the middle of the fourth quarter. I, and it certainly, look, it, and, and they, they survived that against the Titans in the playoffs this year, but I, I get yep. what you're saying, Coach. I totally understand. Before I let you go, if I could, you know, hearing you talk so glowingly about the Ravens, I'm sure there's somebody that's listening right now and saying, wow, this is a guy that they, they moved on from a couple years ago and that they, they let go, and yet, there's, it's weird. There's no bitterness. He's going on about how great the organization is. 
I, and 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 that is kind of remarkable, right? Like, and I I don't know what a testament that is to you as a person that that you don't hold grudges or or just them as an organization. Why is it that you're able to so comfortably say so many kind things about the Ravens when probably a lot of people in your shoes would say, ah, screw them, they didn't want me around? <laughs> <laughs> That's really not the way it went, by the way. Uh, John and I had a discussion after the year. It was Lamar's rookie year, and, and philosophically we were just off just a little bit. Okay. I've got great respect for John, and, and he wanted to keep me. I mean, I think he's on record. He wanted to keep me there, but he just wanted to – Run the football. Uh, that was his first thought, and and we disagreed philosophically. That's that should never uh, ruin a relationship. Sure, uh, right? Yep. We just yep. saw things differently. That's okay. And Lamar goes on to win MVP of the league, and they have the number one rushing team in the league. They accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. I would have done it just a little bit different. That's okay. Great respect for them. I do think. Like I've said, they need just a little bit, not much, just a little bit adjustment towards the pass game, and then they become unstoppable. I, I mean, we love to hear that. It's awesome to hear you say those things, Marty Morning. I think they know that as well. Okay. Like we were talking about. You know, I think they've come to that conclusion because they've been such a powerful football team, such an explosive dynamic. They've got one of the most exciting dynamic players oh, in no doubt. all of no football. Doubt. It's just yeah. hard for me to imagine a Greg Roman coach team not running the ball a billion times during the that's course right. of this season. It's just it's that's in his DNA. It's what they do. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right, and that's okay. Yep. Just talking. I get you're talking about little thing, tweaks. I think mm-hmm. you need just a little more in the past game. Uh, CampMartyPodcast.com. Mike Vick, of course, episode one. Brett Veach, the uh, the Chiefs GM, episode two. Can you tease anything coming uh, up for maybe episode three, Coach? Well, I will tell you, here's what the Camp Marty Quarterback School podcast is about. Two or three things in a story. And within those two or three things, I may talk about a certain position or something to do with offense or defense, special teams, or the entire team, something like that. And then, and then within those two or three things will be a conversation. It's more of a conversation than an interview with a friend of the Camp Marty Quarterback School. And we've got a lot of friends, so and it's more of a conversation. And then the, the 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 public gets to listen to us catching up. We catch up about the families and what's happened in their lives lately. And it could be a a, a personnel man, a player, or another coach. And then the story. The story is so important. These stories. That's that's what players miss. They miss the locker room when they're done. They miss the huddle. They miss the stories that they tell in the locker rooms and before and after meetings. And so the story may come from me. It may come from the guest. And typically it comes from both of us. And so we've got a lot of great stories that we're just uh, hammering and, and we're having fun with it. I, I, I can't wait to see some more episodes and to hear more of them again. CampMartyPodcast.com is the website for you to find it. Marty Morningweg, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, Coach. Thanks so much for doing it. We'd love to catch up with you again down the road. You guys made my day. Thanks. Let's rock and roll love the rest it. of the day. Have a good one. Thank you, Coach. Coach Marty Morningweg checking in with us here on GCR. Today's show, by the way, also brought to you by your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, celebrating their 25th anniversary with an incredible menu featuring zucchini fries, smoky thigh wings, Double bacon and cheddar burger, barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains, the strip steak sandwich, the silver anniversary IPA, and more. 
Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. Ravens fans in a in a conundrum on social media because some of the things that Marty Morningweg were saying were some of the same things with, that yeah. they've said, right, but, but it was Marty Morningweg right, saying them, and they don't think they like Marty Morningweg. So now they're very mm-hmm. they're very confused about how to respond to it. Um, for what it's worth, I I mean this. Can there be? Can there? We talked about this at nauseum. I think the Ravens are going to largely be the same team, and I think it's what they should be. I don't think they should drastically change what they do. I think trying to, I don't, one, I don't think it makes any sense to keep Greg Roman as your offensive coordinator if that's not what you're going to do. If you're going to change who you are as a football team, then you should, you know, have someone who's more suited for that style. Um, but. So I begin with that, too. I don't think it's smart because we know that this works and we don't know that doing something else works. I've said they that a million can, times. They can, they can change what they Is, do and not change what they do. I dis, I don't think they can change what they do. I think the idea of tweaking it or adding Changing what they do within schemes, parts of it, right? Changing yes, what they do, throwing I'm, the football. I'm, I'm all for at constantly the same frequency, right? trying like, to, to, to do things better. I'm, I'm entirely in favor of that. But a scenario in which they suddenly throw the ball no. significantly more? No. 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 The volume is not the, the question here or the problem for me, right? Like, the volume was never the issue. It was the quality, what they were asking of the volume. And from, like you said, the tea leaves this offseason suggest they're trying to address something at wide receiver. Well, I mean, yes. Like, but right? somebody would say they've tr- they try to address something at wide course, receiver with Hollywood Brown. I mean, like, it's but not I mean, I'm not only talking about personnel. I'm talking about coaching. I'm talking about... I get yeah, it. The I, coaching, the Cully thing. Cully thing was making a vacancy, right? Yes, I'm not... But they made two we, hires. We've, we've already had this conversation. I don't really want to do it again. two specifically geared toward wide receivers. Towards development of wide that. receivers. I get that. Towards development. Now, I don't know what or if at all they will have any influence on the philosophy of the football team and whether or not that is a and, Greg Roman and issue, is, whether or not... there is nothing that's... And it's very important when you say that. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing about it suggests they will. The, the, the evidence is that's not who you hire if you're looking for somebody to have input in changing no offensive philosophy. The evidence is overwhelming that this is specifically about development. It's about when we throw the ball having players that are better suited for those situations, that they have been coached better, they have been prepared better for that. The situations where we do, they're ready to do it. Now, what I would ask, what I would hope of the Ravens, and in my grand vision for whatever the optimized version of the Ravens' offense is, is even if they are running 60% of the time, the 40% that they're passing presents more varied looks right like more route combinations better spacing um all of that right like i think they can keep their identity as the power running football team and further its effectiveness by utilizing the space when they throw i mean in 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 theory as i said many times yes in theory absolutely all for it Subtle, subtle changes, subtle things that are slightly different, I think are 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 good for this football team. Guys not being bunched together sure. and ending up in the same spot on the field. Now, again, how much of that has been on the coaching versus on the players, the play call? I, Somebody would say it happens enough where it's uh, you have it to would ask. indicate right. Or yeah. or you've just sure. had really bad football players, you know. Like, well, they like their guys. I don't know if you heard. And that's Buck. That was he likes his guys. It's a different thing. Well, they said something similar. Uh well yeah I mean he's, we don't need to we don't need to go get any uh, we uh, the guys are I don't even I don't even remember what the line was now yeah, that Eric he was offended, he was, offended. Yeah. he was offended by the notion that 
the receivers weren't good enough, which is why I went out and got two new ones. So he was he was very offended. It's what it is. All right, I got there's a ton of things that are still on the docket for today that I uh, topics wise that I wanted to just touch on. We'll see if we get to all of them. It was busy weekend. Um, what we know we're going to do is come back in and chat with Jeremy Kahn. That's definitely going to happen. There might be a conversation with others ahead. We'll find out. But when we come back in, we're definitely talking to Jeremy Kahn. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. The annual MIAA Lacrosse Championships are coming live to Anne Arundel County for the first time ever. The MIAA Lacrosse Championships feature some of the nation's top lacrosse programs as well as the future stars of the game. Join us Tuesday, May 18th and Friday, May 21st at the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland. Tickets are on sale now. To learn more, go to MIAAChampionships.com. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit, and after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover luke jackson profiles top orioles pitcher john means and the role new pitching coach chris holt is taken with means and the entire organization inside matt kremnitzer reflects on nick markakis's career and Bo smolka looks at what to expect from the ravens 2020 draft class in their second season press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. 
All right, back in here on GCR. Stan the Fan, Ross Grimsley tonight talking baseball, and they'll be joined by Boog Powell. That's tonight, 8 o'clock, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. If you miss it live, you'll be able to watch it there tomorrow by clicking on the videos tab or by going to pressboxonline.com. All of Stan's shows brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. Back in here, Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. It is a Monday edition of GCR. I'm going to have to bet some money again. I got to do that. Oh, I just, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to bet. It's a Monday. That's what we do on Mondays is I tell him, I have him tell me how to bet. I'm looking at his picks right now at PressBoxOnline.com, and one of the things I see is a wild to me. Here's our buddy Jeremy Kahn from 105.7 The Fan. Of course, you hear him every morning on the Big Bad Morning Show, and he joins us now here on GCR. Jeremy Kahn, are you really telling me that I should go put money on the Portland Trailblazers to win the NBA championship. I'm not telling you should. I'm telling you I'm going to. Okay. Um, when I so first off, you know, look this this is kind of an odds based bet where you're going to get decent odds on them, and they are the what the six seed and they're playing the Nuggets in the first round, uh, so that's kind of locked in. As as weird as it was, it looked like the the Maverick. I'm sorry, they're playing the. Um, oh, hold on, do I got it mixed up? They start off with the. Clippers? No, the Mavericks get the Clippers, right? That's uh, yeah. The Trailblazers start with the Nuggets, I yes, believe. Yes, because it's okay. the Suns. Right. The Suns and the Jazz are the one and two. Yeah. I have no idea how the hell I just confused myself when I looked at this all morning. So. Let me just make sure. Let me double reconfirm. Yes, Nuggets, Blazers, Clippers, Mavs, and then the Jazz yeah. will face the eight seed. The Suns will face the seven seed. So, so the oddity of all this is when you look at the Western Conference. Um, let me ask you. I know you're a Suns fan. I am. Uh, and I feel I feel good about the Suns, but for <laughs> the Jazz, I think they're good teams. But do you ultimately, oh, no. like, no. they're it, both beatable, right? Of course they're both beatable. And as everybody's pointed out, you know, the, the possibility of the Lakers being the seven seed and that being the Suns matchup for the first round, it's a nightmare. It's, it's, a, it's yeah. an absolute nightmare. So there are opportunities there, depending on who they would end up seeing uh, for Portland, and and if I start going through all the teams, so that's the top two teams. Then we go to the three seed. The Nuggets are missing Jamal Murray. They have the MVP, but again, Murray was a huge part of their success last year in the postseason. Then you drop down and you start looking at the Clippers and the Mavs. Do we even know what the Clippers are? Because they we haven't, as someone called him, Small George in the playoffs instead yeah. of Paul George. Yeah. Um. You know, like I think there's questions about them. I'm a Mavericks fan, and. They're still one piece away. Like Luca's special, and Luca could carry them to a couple of series wins. Nothing would surprise me. I think ultimately that we all look at it and think the Lakers are the best team out west. But again, they haven't been healthy, and we haven't yeah, seen well, them all year. All we're long. really saying I, is they're the team that has LeBron James. That's literally all we're saying. One hundred percent. That's fine. And AD, and, right. and like right. so, I, I think they're. The, I honestly think they are the best team when healthy. But I just think there's so many wild cards. So why not? Why not take a look at a team? That's been there. That's that's gotten some wins in the postseason. That have, and I say it all the time: your favorite player's favorite player, Damian Lillard. Their lineup is they're finally as close to as healthy as they could be, and I think they have pieces for everything. And now that Nurkic is back, he's such a difference maker. I think they're poised to make a run. Now, you know, if you push came to shove and you said, "Who do I think is going to win it all?" I'm probably picking the Nets, the Lakers, uh, the Sixers, something something in that grouping. Um, but 
but for the odds that you're going to get with Portland, I, I really like it. I think that's a live dog. And I know how crazy it sounds, but in this year, things haven't it. been normal. I get uh, it. Normal. Throw a little money that way, get some good odds, and see what happens. I, I yeah. completely I mean, understand what you're saying. Throw 25 bucks on them or whatever, and then uh, give yourself a little rooting interest in the Western Conference. But right. I do you think you, you know they match up with anybody. I don't. I don't know what would. You, what would you win if you were to bet like twenty bucks on the on the on the Blazers? I, on the on the Trailblazers, I have to look at the odds because I'm assuming they're somewhere like twenty to one or. So you might talk about four hundred bucks if that's the case. Yes. Yeah. It'd be a nice so, nice little uh, piece of change for you that that costs you twenty bucks to do. Because so the odds, like you might be able to find them in some places, but I think they're really waiting for the final eight in each conference to be set. I mean, you might be able to find something out there, but I was looking today, and the sports book that I was on didn't have anything up outside of the, the games for Tuesday and Wednesday. So my wife and I, again, went rogue on Saturday, ignored you, and threw some money on the Preakness. And, um, well, we're down again, so I need your help again today. That's the way it's going to go. <laughs> I, I, I see your loves. I'm going to do the same thing we've been doing the last couple of weeks. Last week we missed on our parlay. Yeah, but we did but we hit, hit We did back. hit the big one. We hit the big one last week. So I'm going to bet 200 bucks again tonight. I'm, I'm looking at the, the Angels and the Cubs. Is mm-hmm. that where you want me to throw the 200 bucks? Yeah, I mean, that's what I – I like the Caps tonight, too. Uh, I didn't make it um, – you know, my, my top play today was the Angels. Uh, Mike Trout's mired in his worst slump of his career, but I, I think he'll bounce back out of it. You still have a pretty eight. formidable lineup up top. And then with the Angels, you know, you got Sandoval pitching for them, which I'm not enamored with, but you tell me who the hell's pitching for the Indians. That might end Some, up being a Something called hench, not, henches? Hench, hench, yeah, what is that? And that's not necessarily a good thing. No. So, um, so I like them a lot, and I like the Cubs, and I think the reason everyone's betting on the Nats is that the Cubs have not looked like a great team. you got John Lester going up against his former team, um, but I think the Cubs are in a great spot, and, and Lester's one of those guys, too, where you know the surface numbers always look fine, but when you look deeper, he's been one of the luckiest pitchers, and I don't want people to take this the wrong way as far as batted balls in play. It's the fifth. Like, it almost seems like he's giving up a ton of contact, and it's always right at somebody, and that's bound to – you know, flip at some point. And that has happened to Lester in, the, in years past. It's just finding the right game. And I think today is the right game. I think the Cubs win. All right, so how am I betting this? Am I just going 100 on each or am I? So the problem is if you're betting 100 on each, then that means you're risking 290 roughly, uh, mm. depending on where the odds are today mm. because they're minus 145. Mm. Um, uh, the Angels would be my favorite play. So if you wanted to, like, minimize your risk, I'd put, a you know, 100 or 150 on the Angels and then um, – and then parlay those two teams together for 50 if you want to do that. You're right. risking more than 200, though. All right. No, so. I, I like that. I like that. Okay. I'm willing to do that. Ah, come on, man. I'm, I'm, I I like to have some fun. I'm willing to have a little fun here. I'll do that. I will do that, and that's be how we uh, make our bet for today. I'll put 150 on the Angels. And then Which everyone knows Glenn loves. Everybody knows. Yes, that's a fact. I've always been an Angels nice man. Nice proposition. <laughs> Correct. And then I will combine that with the Cubs, and I'll put 50 bucks on a parlay. There we are. Right. It's in, and we'll see how it goes. We'll talk about it next week. All right, some things. I have some sports stuff for you today. It's a weird – I know, right? It's a weird – why would we do that? Really? It's a really weird vibe. Um, I, I, I want to go to – I'm assuming you guys talked about the Manny Machado thing this morning on your show? Yeah. Okay. I, I am I'm befuddled. I get that people don't like Manny Machado. I understand that. I think some of them have other reasons why they don't like Manny Machado, and it's personal. I'm blown away by the reaction to this last night because it's so easy to see what actually happened and what he was doing and how smart of a baseball play it was 
where to me it's not just that it wasn't dirty. It's literally the opposite of that. It's so smart. We should be talking about how freaking smart it was and that he went out of his way to swing his legs wide to make sure he wasn't spiking the guy in the process. Yeah, and I brought it up this morning. I said if it wasn't Manny Machado, I think people would just be saying that it's a great play. Like, oh, it's a heads-up play. The fact that he slides where he slides, like, so you can slide there, but you can't slide towards the back to break up a double play. And then people started showing the side-by-side of Albert Pujols running through someone, which technically is legal if they're in the base pass. I don't think you're so, supposed to throw the forearm shiver. Yeah. But he didn't do anything wrong, and if he didn't have this track record, like I saw all the all the videos that were posted uh, last night into today, uh, Josh Donaldson tagging him hard and him not liking it. Right. You know, sliding into Dustin Pedroia, which I still make that, like I still believe that wasn't a dirty play that his like, as he's sliding, his foot hit the bag and popped up. But again, this is where we, n- none of us know, only Machado knows, the Aguilar play at first, but that was definitely a dirty play like there's you're not going to tell me like he meant to step on that guy's ankle um which was uncalled for but again it's one of those things where if he's on your team you're going to defend him left and right and if he's not you're just going to trash him Uh, it's the way it goes or 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 if you've just decided for whatever preconceived notion that you have that that he's a bad guy then everything's going to become confirmation bias when it comes to it And, and i'm willing to this is I'm not saying that everything Manny Machado does has been great. I'm not doing that either. To your point, there are things that he's done, and I wish that he was. I wish that he ran the ball out more. I wish he. I wish all of those things. But we we just lose our minds and decide that someone is so awful that we have no context for the things that are happening. It's this is on a second baseman that decides to try to go for a tag instead of flipping the ball back to set the the shortstop to get the out that way. Once you do yeah. that, once you decide that's what you're doing. The runner has an obligation to not help you turn a double play. Like, by the way, does anybody watch the full video when he helps? Uh, yes. Uh, who is it? Edmund and as everybody's and, like, pointing out, he was never back. tagged out. He gave himself up ultimately in the yeah. process. It was such not a dirty play. It's insane how we're reacting to this thing when it comes to Manny Machado. It blows my mind. I, I agree wholeheartedly. So. I'm I'm asking today at Orioles fans. You know how like in life. You go through a week and it sucks, and you're at work, and you got to, you know, like, oh God, I got to go deal with uh, with Rob Long again, and now I got to go get my picks in, and I got to go take care of somebody's roof, and like, it just work sucks for a little while, and you need something that you know is coming up that helps you get through all of it. Like, you know, I know in two weeks we're going to the beach. I know, you know, this yeah. movie's coming out that I want to see. There's just something. That, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. I'm asking today, Orioles fans. What the light? What's the next thing that you're like looking forward to as a fan outside of the? Hey, you never know what might happen on a given night. Like you never know when you might tune in and John Means might throw a no hitter, right? Like it, mm-hmm. you can't plan for that. It's not what gets you through. It's just something pleasant that could happen. In the same way that you could be walking around today and you could pick up a hundred dollar bill that gets like things can happen that you didn't expect. But as far as something to help get you through as an Orioles fan. What is it for you? What's what's the thing that you look forward to as an Orioles fan that helps get you through weeks where they're definitely going to lose seven of nine games? Well, I, I mean, I, I, so when you first started saying it, I was looking at it like uh, if I'm going to look at it in the broad spectrum, I think uh, for the rest of the season, it's it's a possible call up for uh, DL Hall or you know seeing seeing some of your prospects get called up mm-hmm. and watching them play, and eventually it's Adley Rutschman. Uh, even you know broader perspective, long term, it's when they actually make a legitimate free agent signing, not a stopgap signing. Sure. I think those are the things that you look forward to. But 
from a baseball, like I, I love watching baseball because I always feel like in this sport specifically that I end up seeing something that I haven't seen before. You know, like there's, there's always something different, a play in the outfield, something goofy happens. Uh, you know, this year alone, Cody Bellinger hits a home run and, and passes Justin Turner because we can't figure out if it was a home run or a double. And the announcers have no idea. The umpires have no idea. And eventually he passes them, so they call him out. So he gets awarded a single and a run scored. Um, we've seen, whether it's brawls or people being thrown at, Manny Machado sliding in between first right, and second base. Right. You know, like these little things I, I think happen all the time. Uh, maybe it is an individual effort. Um, you know, like I would tell you the main reason to tune in on a daily basis for the Orioles is watching Cedric Mullins play. Like, sure, and, he's and, just—he's so much fun. And that's fair. I, again, these are and those are two different things, right? That's the—I tune into baseball games every night because I get to see something that's—and I don't know what I'm going to see. It's just the—it's mm-hmm. the what? What do I have? What's the next like market event that I can be excited about? And yeah. and and that's the one that I—I I, you know—I I think a lot of people have said the call-ups are the answer. Like that's the next thing that you really get yourself excited for is is do they decide to reward fans by calling up Adley in September instead of waiting until next year, and then they just keep him down a little bit longer next year to make the service time thing work out? Do they try to do that to have a night that's exciting in September? Well, I, I get well, how that. how about is, is this a year where we get more than one All-Star and guys that actually deserve it? Like, right, and you would say right now both Means and Mullins are very deserving. 100%. Yep. Uh, it doesn't mean that they both get in. We've always been kind of the – the token, like, oh, who are we taking from the yeah, Orioles? Yes, here's who your Ty Wigginton all-star yeah. selection. Right? The Wiggy Man. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, I'm with you on that. I'm completely with you on that, and I think that's a viable one, too. How we, uh, how, Jeremy Kahn is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. How are you handling the um, the thing where apparently we're all supposed we're all allowed to be okay now if you got vaccinated, you, you don't have to wear your mask, but everybody still wants you to wear your mask. Like, how are you handling the... Is it is it Ali Ali Oxen free for you? Like I'm ready to go out. I'm ready to party. I I'm I'm telling you, I'm basically there. I'm I'm vaccinated. Yeah. I I want the rest of you to get vaccinated because it'll help everybody out. But like, I don't give a rat's ass any longer. Like I'm vaccinated. I don't care. I'm going out. I'm doing my thing. If we don't have to wear masks anymore, I'm not wearing them. This is not a you know all this was a hoax. It's just a that's where I'm at at this point in my life. Yeah, disease-free and ready to party. Exactly yeah, right. I've said that for some time, correct? We put that on, my, on a T-shirt and wear it around. No, but, like, <laughs> I still – my whole thing is, like, I, I felt this about, um, you know, the mask in general. Like, I don't like wearing them. Um, for me, it's not about me. It's about everyone else. It's about being respectful sure. to someone else's beliefs, and I think that's a simple thing to do. This, oh, my God, it's killing me. Like, I hate, I hate going to the gym and working out with a mask on. I just do. Like, but – it doesn't mean that I'm not going to wear the mask when I'm there and just tell everybody, screw you, uh, go silver spoons and, and lose my yeah, mind. Oh, Rick, Ricky Schroeder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, like the, the truth of the matter is like this weekend, I, I saw people posting stuff like, Oh, I can't believe these idiots are still wearing masks when they're, you know, and it's like, I, I'm not going to sit here and mask. If you want, if you want to wear it, go wear it. Exactly right. I'm not. I'm not knocking anybody. And look, obviously, I'm still for like a week. I'm still wearing it inside. Like when I walk in hallways, I'm still for the time being. You know what? To me, that's only because I don't know what the rules are in those places. That's exactly what it is for me. Because I walked into a Wawa and I'm going, like, uh, you know, I'm getting gas and and I stopped off real quick and I put my mask on and I'm looking around to see if anybody else is not wearing it. And I don't want to be the guy to walk into a place and be told to put it on. 
I, I'd almost feel like, so I'd rather go in and see people not mm-hmm. wearing it and then possibly take it off. It's so funny you bring that up. I, we, I stopped it at Royal Farms on Saturday to get some ice because we were hosting a wake. My, we finally were able to do a funeral for my grandmother over the weekend. She died a year ago and it was, I, I had to go get oh, ice and, and it, was, it was fine. It was, you know, my grandmother was 94, 94, 94. I mean, like every, everything's fine, but it was nice to see family, right? It was really nice. We had some some family Hug without worries. Yeah, you know? I mean, like it was actually a, a wonderful thing that we waited to do it until now, where everybody was just able to get together and and have Not no concern. About, right. But there was a game. Ironic that it was at a Royal Farms. There was a game of chicken being played. There was a guy that pulled up next to me. That was like hell bent. I'm going into this Royal Farms and I'm not wearing my like he was one of these guys like yeah. f the world. I'm not wearing a mask. I don't have to the whole deal. And he's like staring at me like expecting me to say something. And I just don't care. <laughs> like I don't care. Whatever yeah. you want to do, you do your damn do it. Go do your thing. I don't give a rat's ass. But the guy was so like you could just tell he wanted a fight. He wanted somebody to fight with him so he could say he could do the Rick Schroeder bit. Like, he wanted to be the guy that could be an a-hole about it. Oh, what did your overlords tell you you have to wear a mask? Like, dude, I don't – you do your thing. I'll do my – Some of those people just deserve to have their ass whooped. 100%. (laughs) And and as it turns out, that's exactly what I did. No, it's not what happened whatsoever. So I took him down and put him in a rear naked choke. Hit him with the ice. Hit him on the back of the neck. I had a 15-pound bag of ice. Poured it all out on him. Went back in and bought another. (laughs) Said, how's your mask now? (laughs) Say hi to your mother for me. (laughs) But but you know what what I'm saying? Like, it's just – it should never be about you as an – like, all my rights are being taken away, this and that. It's a freaking mask. Like – Life will go be on. Store for what? We'll a be okay. Minutes? Exactly right. We'll be okay. And there's if- also the idea that, like, okay, just put the other shoes on for a second. If your rights are being taken away by them telling you you can't wear a mask in their institution, and you're insisting on not wearing a mask, you're taking away their rights. I mean, it's a whole. It's just a whole. <laughs> it's a whole thing. I like. I, whatever. We're going to tell these people that because it's all about them. Of it's course. never about what's right for everyone else. And again, it's a. Like, imagine if we all did, and maybe this is a horrible analogy, like, just take religion, for example, and I'm not trying to go down this path, but if everybody just came out and walked into a store and started screaming what their religion was at other people, and, oh, that? you disagree with me about, like, <laughs> no, or even politics. I mean, I, I don't oh, even, no those doubt. are two things that I don't like to talk well, there, about. There are certain people that are just looking for an excuse to fight. They just, yeah. all they want in their day is a chance to fight with you. I don't ca- live your life. That's why yeah. I carry around my dueling gloves. Exactly right. Just you never know. Live your <laughs> my goddamn <laughs> life, man. I'm so excited to go. To, it's like I, my buddy, my my old roommate was over for dinner last week, and we just decided we're going to the movies. I have not yeah, been yeah, yeah. to the effing also. movies in so long. So I don't. The, I don't the even quiet care. Quiet place too. Whatever. I'll go see. I don't. Yeah. I said to him, I don't care what it is. Nobody's supposed to be good. Oh, nobody's apparently incredible. And I, if Nobody, still, nobody's good. I've seen it. I, if it's still in theaters, I would go to theaters to see it because I've been waiting to, to watch it. I will 100 You I would just, thoroughly enjoy it. And I, I, like, I was, have you seen Promising Young Woman yet? Yes, yes. We, it's, I loved it. It's, it's great. It's so dark. It's, yeah, I haven't seen it's it. It's yeah. so dark. It, and, you, and you're not ready for how dark. Like, you're just yeah. not ready. You're, like, it's, Those are tough ones to just throw on sometimes. Oh, you gotta be. Right. Yeah. You, I mean, like, you gotta be prepared for the moment. You know what? I did something that I almost never do this weekend. It was Coyote. a little more. It was a little. No, yeah. Well, no, I, I said almost oh, never, yeah, Kyle. Yeah. I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, you guys are just throwing out things that I Dude, do. You got a million right. bucks. Um, Three I, guys. You know, <laughs> my bit is that I don't rewatch movies that I love. Okay. Like I just put them away forever. One in particular. Um, I had a, I, my lifelong best friend died a couple years ago, and he and I, when we were in high school. We spent 14 consecutive weekends, this is not a joke, 
renting and watching the film Road Trip. <laughs> it was our absolute favorite movie. And I had not watched it in a very long time. I remember you saying you were particularly afraid of it. And I story. said, yeah. I won't do it because it means so much sure. to me, particularly in relation to my buddy. And his sister reached out to me and said, hey, have you watched Road Trip since Chris passed away? And I was like, nope, can't do it. Just just want to leave it alone. She said, I know it's going to sound crazy, but I just happened to put it on the other day, and it really made me happy. And I was like, all right, well, okay, I'll give it a shot. And so Saturday night, you know, I had this long day, and it was on IFC or something yeah. like that. And they don't censor, which is great. Exactly right. It was yeah. completely uncensored, so I was willing to give it a shot, and it utterly and totally holds. There's a couple of moments yep. where Sean William Scott's character does, and you're like... Weird, because uh, he's normally... I know, right? Yeah. Normally the bastion. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of moments you're like, eh, that wouldn't be, they, they wouldn't do that in a movie in 2021. Sure. There's a couple of those, but otherwise, utterly, completely holds up and made me Would so... Would you kill a cheetah? Yeah, correct. Uh, Tom, Tom <laughs> Green isn't I boinked her! I boinked! Oh, my God. Tom Green isn't going to be, like, something that ages poorly. It's going to look exactly as weird now oh, no as doubt. it did no back doubt. then. <laughs> yeah. Go try to explain to your kids how Tom Green was a thing. Go try yeah, to explain. unleash the fury, Mitch. Well, oh. yeah. Like, turn on the Tom Green show when he, or even Freddie got fingered. Yeah, Go right. Daddy, would you like some sausage? Like, what is that? What? How did we, how did the Tom Green, and I love Tom Green. I was, I was all fan, in on yeah. Tom Green, but I couldn't explain it today. I could not explain why it was that Tom Green worked I, in any I way. I would love to sit down with just a group of people and play the sausage song. Like, Daddy, oh. would you like some sausage? Uh, or like, the, over and over again, and watch you, me cry you, laughing. Wait, do you remember the, the what was the, the bum bum song? My my, my yeah. bum is on the chair. My bum is, my bum is What on is the funny chair? about yeah. that? Why did we love that so much? Well, the sausage <laughs> one was funny. Yeah, it was funny. Well, <laughs> yeah, was funny. You, but you know what's funny about this, too? Like, and I know this is, again, uh, here we go just off uh, on a tangent, but yeah, well. have you ever gone back and listened to Limp Biscuit lyrics? Oh, no. I, no, I, I don't. Sort of, just I, pick I, any song and read them and go, we like this. I, this I, is trash. And, and the sh- I well, think I know. about it only with Nookie. You know, I know. I just know. I know enough to but be to embarrassed be fair, by it. But that I, was an impressive job they did when they wrote Behind Blue Eyes. It's true. They did. That was their that was their big <laughs> hit. I owned a Limp Biscuit t shirt. I absolutely had a Limp Biscuit t shirt and I went to a corn limp biscuit concert at the Patriot Center in Fairfax. Some That's good a, hairdos at that one, some I bet. things that happen in my life, man. <laughs> well, one of my favorite moments, I don't know if I told you this, I went to Ozfest and uh, one year, a bunch of my buddies got tickets. There were a bunch of great bands playing, but Drowning Pool had not become like, I don't know if they were household yet because they were playing on the smallest stage they okay. had. Yeah. But people had just started listening to Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. Sure. It was right before the, the lead singer actually died from a drug overdose. And, <laughs> well, you know, like a lot of guys like to yell at the girls, show your bleep, show your bleep, you know, like, and they all started chanting it. So there's girls on guys' shoulders flashing everyone. And you're like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then the one girl was getting the crowd riled up, and she's like, yeah, yeah. And they're yelling, show your butt, show it. They're going on and on and on. And finally, then she pops her top, and it looked like two bananas and tube socks. It was the worst <laughs> rack I've ever seen in my life. Mr. And I'd never seen a group of people immediately turn in unison go, put your shirt back on. Put your shirt. And I immediately felt bad for her and wanted to go give her a hug. But then who knows what would have so, happened. So, that. again, these are things that thankfully we've moved on from in society. But I, I did have – so, of, of course, everybody, the, the legendary, the HFS. The only reason I got into radio is because I wanted to be on HFS, and I wanted to introduce bands at an HF festival. And I got to do it at the very last one. Like, that That was my life. Um, I was at an HF festival one year, and we were we – were, we had taken the metro back to wherever we got on the metro from RFK Stadium. And when we got back, this girl that I went to high school with 
literally, we get in the car, and she immediately pulls up her shirt and shows me her boobs. And I'm like, oh, oh thank you. Like, that's very nice. She said, <laughs> nice. I, I felt bad earlier. I was on your shoulders, and I, I showed them to everybody else, and you didn't get to see them. And I was like, oh, that's, that's very sweet of you. What a, like, what a thoughtful Thoughtful no gesture. man left behind. Right. What a thoughtful She's gesture committed. on your She's part. She's committed to Yeah, it, right? Know? Like, I, it really meant a lot to me. It All was a very everybody sweet thing for must her to do. See, right. did I, I, I think the statute of limitations is over that I can't be in trouble for this, but did I ever tell you about my, my HFS story when um, I ended up having a triple kiss? The two oh, other yes. guys are really you, nice. Yeah, right. <laughs> they were Germans. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I believe no, you found out that they were not appropriate. That was not a... I mean, I'll give you the whole story. Like, I, I, it started off with me talking to, like, uh, uh, SR-71 was, like, signing autographs. And I went up, and there was this really, like, hot chick, and people were getting, like, SR-71 to sign their, their bodies and stuff. So I asked the hot chick to sign my, my body. And she's like, me? Why? I was like, because you're hot. Just sign my body. Good and point. then it turned into this thing where everybody yeah, wanted but Mitch to Allen sign. was, was hot, like, too, for what it's worth. Like, yeah, Mitch Allen. Well, yeah, no question. I wanted. I think he signed my body, right. too. He already and then, at that point, so he didn't want to go back. So I had a chance to get high with Cypress Hill. I met Matt Pinfield. Uh, I was hanging out. Like, it, it turned into this big thing where I just got so lit. <laughs> like, I was so drunk and walking around, and I had everybody signing my body. And, God, what was the band that redid the Easy e song? And I can't think of their name right oh, now. Oh, Dynamite um, Hack. Dynamite Hack. So yeah. they gave me an autograph oh. CD. I met the band, hung out with them. They signed my body. And I literally, like, Cypress Hill was there smoking weed. I never smoked. So, like, I had a chance to go get high with them, and I didn't take it. And it's probably, like, one of the dumbest things. You know what's ironic? They came back to our HF Festival in 2006, and I got to do it. (laughs) (laughs) See? And that's that's incredible. But, like, so I'm walking around, and I meet this this group, and I'm hanging out with these two girls, and one's on my shoulders, and we're watching, uh, who was it at the time? Was it Rage? I don't remember who it was. But, um, so we're hanging out, and I end up having a, I guess you'd call it a triple kiss. And it's a, it's I a highlight of a young man's life. At the yeah. same time. Yeah, highlight of my life, right? <laughs> so here I am. Uh, I should say I'm approaching 21. I'm not quite 21 at that point in time. Dead sober. And so I start getting more information from the girls, and I'm like, hey, so. Um, we should do this again uh, where do you sometime. Go to school? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they were talking about being in school. So I thought they had just graduated because it's summertime. Sure. I said, oh, where'd you graduate from? Oh, no, no, we're still in school. And then that's what I got. <laughs> I can't even believe I'm telling this. This, is yeah. that's what I yeah. this doesn't reflect well. We've, we've seen we've seen old school, Jeremy. I was willing to leave it at. I yeah, was willing yeah. to just leave it at like. Yeah, yeah they, it was not appropriate. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say what school they were in, but it it was a school, and yeah. apparently, I think they were headed into high school, if oh, I remember it correctly. Oh no, um, no oh. not okay. Yeah, yeah. Not so, I don't know what the statute of limitations <laughs> is on that. Yeah, we, we <laughs> should be not, not okay. Can I get in trouble for this? Now? I don't. I didn't know. I didn't. Know, like, I don't knows? think so. And you didn't do anything. If you just kissed them, you're fine. You won't, you're not <laughs> like, going to get kicked off a of DraftKings. I know that. Right. Much. <laughs> God, I, it was so like, and I I immediately stopped and said, "Hey, I got to go." Like even. In my drunkest state, I stopped and said, "I gotta go." Right. Somehow, um, and then some... Chris Hansen was just following <laughs> you. Yeah. Hey, excuse me. Why, do you, right here. why do you have Mike's hard lemonade? <laughs> <laughs> you girls like Jolly Ranchers in your Zimas? This, huh? this, this, this all started from us talking about if we were going to wear masks. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I don't know what just happened. It was a series of tangents as it happened. <laughs> so far, Glenn, I've I've admitted on your show to <laughs> making out with uh, thirteen or fourteen girls, whoever they were. Yes, correct. Um, hopefully, if you remember, it's me. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Uh, and then, and then, of course, my cousin's getting married. Yeah, my first is, cousin. 
I, I, there's got to be more. I mean, I know you gave away most of it on when you were doing the <laughs> night show last year, and we had no sports to talk about. Yeah, but I there's, fear the question. There's got to be something. When a woman's still. like, "Tell me something you've never told somebody else," and Jeremy, like, what does that mean? You know, <laughs> what is the deepest? The problem darkest? is, I just keep telling everyone because I just don't care. Like, like at some, at some point. By the way, if sports hadn't come back, at some point, Jeremy would have admitted to murdering someone. Yeah, like, it yeah. just would have come up at some point. He would have been like, "Look, man, I didn't want to. I've never seen two <laughs> broke girls." <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had sex like this since my uncle went to prison. What? Wait, wait a minute. What happened? So yeah. Uh, uh, hey, uh, <laughs> hey, what are you going to be talking about on the Big Bad Morning Show this week? Well, tomorrow we're going to have uh, Ed Norris returns from uh, Florida. Who knows what he's bringing back with him? Oh, um, but God. but no, the the Rays come to town, so we'll obviously focus in on that series. And we got Tucker Lutz coming on the show after. Oh, his that's first awesome! They got a big, big win, win yep. in MMA. Yep, love that or guy. In UFC, I should say. Great, great dude, ground control guy, and yeah, he got a big win on Saturday in his first UFC fight. That's awesome. Very cool, man. All right, at JeremyCon1057 on Twitter, and, of course, everydayPressBoxOnline.com. That's where you find your picks. I, I always – I never know what I'm getting, and it's always really good, pal. Thank you, brother. We'll talk to you next Monday. Well, thanks, man. Middle school's letting out for lunch. i got to go see who's available. Oh, so. God, no. Say, oh, ew. Right, I went too far. See you, pal. <laughs> what is he doing, man? What are you doing? <laughs> That's a man who has jobs that he doesn't want to lose. Right. He didn't, he didn't yeah, just right? be like, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, he went he just, back, he for, just went back. Went back to the no, well. He's, he's, fine. he's fine. Like I said, he'll still be allowed on FanDuel and Draft. Correct. Games. Yes, he's good. He's good there. But oh boy. Uh, should we attempt to make a call or take a break? I'm sure that one would be slow more break, a, don't we? I know, but I didn't know what their timing. You want to take the break? I don't. I. It's not an exact science, okay. so we can All just right. take the break. Take a break. Yeah. Uh, today's show also one of my brought to you by the Print Issue Press Box, which is available right now. Maybe just leave it to the in-house. You're, uh, yep, that's exactly what I was thinking, Kyle. Uh, it's available at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. John Means on the cover. We'll come back in. Maybe another guest. If not, tidbit tubular to wrap it up. I had other things. Oh, Ryan Kerrigan's going to the Eagles, so cross oh, yeah. cross them off the list then. I. It, I told you it didn't make a difference to me if they saw in one of these guys. None of them separated themselves from me, so I'm not going to be all worked up about that. Uh, Navy Notre Dame. That's going to happen in Baltimore in 2022. Yeah, I like that. That's a great thing. Wonderful thing to have big games in Baltimore, big events. Uh, uh, kudos to everybody involved in making that happen. Love it. Can't wait for that in 2022. Um, Jim, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll leave it at that. We'll see. We'll see if we have a guest or not when we come back on the other side. It's Glenn Clark Radio from Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather 
weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the COVID-19 pandemic is not quite over, so we need to continue to be vigilant, do the right things, including wearing our masks, and if we're going to wear them, why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players? Home team masks, available right now. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. we got a purple and orange state flag neck gaiter for you, as well as the Celebrate 8 MVP neck gaiter, and an over-the-ear faded to stress state flag and traditional colors mask they're available pressboxonline.com slash masks let's get this over with wear our masks home team masks Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash Press Box Sports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Glenn Park Radio.com. Nothing but net. All right, back in here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. Um, are you, uh, what's that? Okay, we're going we're gonna to effort. We had one other uh, perhaps guest that might join us today. And we will see if that comes through. I was going to say before the break, the Basketball Hall of Fame induction, Kobe's induction, was on Saturday. And then yesterday they announced the 2021 class for the Basketball Hall of Fame. Ben Wallace kind of a, um, you know, I, I think deserved, but, you know, like still a little surprising, I think, to a lot of people that say, really good player, but was he a Hall of Famer? Apparently he is. Um, joined by Paul Pierce, Chris Bosch, Chris Weber gets in this year. Um, Rick Adelman, a longtime coach, gets in, and uh, Jay Wright, the Villanova coach, gets in. They're also oddly putting Bill Russell in as a coach after he had already been in as a player. I don't really understand that, if I'm being completely honest with you, but, you know, kind of is what it is sort of situation. Um, the disappointment for me is that, once again, and I know John Feinstein's really been pushing for this guy, legendary Mount St. Mary's, former Mount St. Mary's coach Jim Phelan, 
who is now, I think, 92 years old, once again does not get into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, one of the winningest coaches in basketball history, and I get it, Mount St. Mary has moved up from Division Two to Division One during his tenure there, but someone who really seems to be deserving and just a bummer. Buck Williams, the former Terp, another player. Like When I think about Ben Wallace getting in, I, I would like to spend a little bit more time. Had the Loyola game not happened last night, I was going to dive in more to the Basketball Hall of Fame in my column this week at PressBoxOnline.com. And specifically those two guys, Jim Phelan and Buck Williams, and their candidacy. And the Ben Wallace comparison was really interesting for me, um, looking at him and Buck Williams. And I'm not, I can't pretend as though I was paying drastic attention to the Nets during Buck Williams' career, because one, I was very young, and two, the Nets were very bad. And Ben Wallace, the the biggest thing that he's got going for him that's a difference maker is they won a title. Um, he was an incredibly impactful player. I mean, and I think with he, the basketball Hall Buck of Fame, Williams was too. I agree. I, I mean, and this is the problem. Like, I know Ben Wallace more than I know Buck Williams. There's no doubt. I understand about that. that. Yeah. I, I what you're what right. you're doing I'm, is I'm essentially acknowledging my own ignorance. Ben Wallace was a four-time All Star. I don't know that a four-time All Star is something that you jump off the page and say that's a, that's a Hall of Famer. I'm not taking anything. Away. Ben Wallace was a great. Yeah, I don't think the Pistons have player. the success they have without Ben Wallace, right? I don't. Know I don't. If, but I don't think they have that success without Chauncey Billups either. I, hear I don't you. It was know a, that a perfect assortment. I don't of think players. Ben Wallace was the difference maker for those teams. I, don't I think know. he was yeah, a I think really good any, basketball player. Any number player. of those guys could have been at the. Take one of them out. I don't know that four of those guys wouldn't have been the, the difference, right? I I don't know. I I that's not that no point. Did it ever come off to me like one player was critical for those Larry Brown era Pistons? I think they all were, but I get what I, you're saying. No that, one was the most. That's critical. the point. I think that they they were a unit, and that's what made them so cool for people in that Somebody era. Somebody might say Chauncey Billups would have been the one that probably. I, I would have more than anyone. Frankly, offensively, it would have been Rip Hamilton. Somebody would as, say Rasheed Wallace would have been his a, best, right? On like, a, on, as a whole, I do think the the most complete player to me from those teams is Chauncey Billups. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't tell you. And by the way, I'm not saying that Chauncey Billups shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Like maybe sure he should that, be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not sure that all of them, in, with the exception of maybe Tayshawn Prince. Yeah, I mean, be, like, right? I, I don't shouldn't is the wrong way of saying that. Couldn't. Could, be. Yeah, fine. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know that Ben Wallace needed to be in the Hall of Fame. But I'm not offended by it. It's just that I think it feels right. But I, th- I think there's also me, my knowledge of the NBA but, Hall of Fame to and me, kind of the standard being a little with, different. With the only difference being them winning an, an NBA title. I don't know that there's a drastic difference to me between, or frankly, there even is even is a difference. I don't know that Buck Williams wasn't a better basketball player than Ben Wallace was. I, I there are numbers that would suggest he definitely was. Um, now the defensive numbers are a little bit more difficult. I mean, that's ben that's such was, a part of Ben Wallace's story. It was who he was, correct? Like it was... It's that's that's it. He's a he was a defensive player, and Ben Wallace is a cool story. An undrafted player who ends up in the Basketball Hall of Fame. It's a, it's a really neat story. Hello, free throw shooter. No, not at all. <laughs> not that whatsoever. And I'm not knocking Ben. Best Wallace. Afro of my childhood, I think. Uh, maybe that might be the case. I'm not in any way knocking Ben Wallace. It just made me think more about Buck Williams and something that I might dive into uh, a little bit more at some point. Um, we'll see. We'll see if that's a project that I take on. But um, it jumped out at me as the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame class was announced this weekend. And we haven't really had a chance to uh, to talk about the Preakness this morning either. So w- we want to do that right now? Let's do that right now. Um, a great race. I, um, <clears throat> I'll admit to him, I, uh, my money was on uh, Midnight Bourbon, so I was a little... Uh, 
I was a little disappointed when it happened, but what a performance from Ron Bauer down the stretch. Joining us now, cool to say, for the first time ever, a winner of a Triple Crown race, an American Classic, first-time Preakness-winning trainer, Michael McCarthy, is with us now here on GCR. Michael, Glenn, and Kyle back in Baltimore, congratulations on the Preakness win, and thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. It was um, quite a weekend, quite a week. I can't say enough about the hospitality the people of Baltimore and every the powers that be at Pimlico, uh, they went over and above uh, for all the horsemen and, and the people behind the scenes. So it was uh, a great week all around, and obviously the win was the icing on the cake. Well, you, you've been at this for a while now. Can you put into words what, what was going through your mind and what you were feeling as this all comes to fruition and you get to win an American Classic on Saturday? Uh I'd say the last 24 seconds, which would have been from the top of the stretch yeah. to the finish line, was uh, uh, probably about as close to an out-of-body experience as I've ever had. I mean, <laughs> just watching that horse sort of loom up to the to the first and you know midnight bourbon and Medina Spirit. Um, we had had a perfect trip all the way up the backside. Around the turn, I could see the horse directly inside of us, of Chad Brown's kind of jumping up and down, not really gaining any forward momentum. At that point, I decided to go ahead and look behind and see who was kind of gaining on everybody. And didn't really look like anybody was running from way back of the pack. When I looked up to see where we were, I couldn't see my horse, and I started to get nervous. So I looked behind behind the two leaders again, and when I looked at the Jumbotron, I had seen that he was coming up to uh, Midnight Bourbon and Medina Spirit. He was coming right behind their flank on the outside of him. So he was out of my view for about four or five jumps. And when they straightened up at the head of the lane, obviously you're pretty excited and you're happy that you're going to run well in a triple crown race, which is a heck of, a, of an accomplishment in itself. But when he put uh, his nose in front, uh, it was the feeling awfully hard to describe. You know, it's nice to win any kind of race, but when you win a history maker like uh, the Freakness, the second leg of the of the Triple Crown, it's pretty special. What a close, too, man! What a what an unbelievable. My, my wife and I are sitting there like, who? What is this horse? Like, where did this come from? What an unbelievable! Did, did you know that that he had it in him to be able to close like that? It's... I thought we had a couple things going for us. I did not think the distance would be an issue at all. Yeah. Obviously, the Kentucky Derby at a mile and a quarter, you're backing up a sixteenth of a mile in the Preakness. But my horse had had some 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 races at a mile and an eighth, which looked like he was finishing well and almost just getting started. So inside the eighth pole, when he hit his best stride and he was leveling off, he was not a tired horse at the finish line. He was actually looked to me like he was getting stronger and galloped out with with a lot of energy but um i say um i'm surprised but i'm not shocked at how well he ran because i thought that um you know the pace scenario would, would suit him and the distance would not be a would not be a uh, would not be an issue but all things considered Anytime you win one of those, it's 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 a huge surprise. Ah, Michael McCarthy, the trainer of Ron Bauer, winner of the Preakness, with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Michael, the, the story of this horse, and you know, like th- this isn't a horse owned by uh, a big oil money or something like that. This is uh, a horse owned by a couple, and 
the, the story of them preparing to sell the horse, but then the COVID pandemic hits and just sort of works out. H how unique was this relationship for you and this experience of working with the Fragkins with Ron Bauer? I've trained for them for the last four years, I believe. Um, they are small breeders. Um, they own two broodmares. Um, they breed to sell. They um, kind of breed for the commercial market. Um, when the pandemic hit and this horse was due to be sold as a two-year-old in training, uh, it's a lot of horses earlier in their two-year-old season. They go to these training sales. Uh, they have a time workout. and A lot of that is based off the time workouts, their appearance back at the barns and stuff like that, and obviously, you know, the auction prices and what have you. Um, but when the pandemic hit, these sales were postponed, some of them three and four months. And the gentleman that broke was in the process of breaking the horse and preparing him for the sales for the Frackens, Eddie Woods, had mentioned that he thought it was a good idea just to put the horse into training. Hmm. You don't know, you know, how long you're going to have to wait to sell him. And he seems like a horse that could go right into training and go from there. So the horse was sent to us in, you know, May, April or May, I believe, and um, fit right into the program. He wasn't flashy. He just did everything right. And as time went on, he seemed to me like a horse that wasn't real fast but would run real far um and he proved that on saturday you, you know everything that you've been through and like it's not you've you've accomplished plenty of things before this but but obviously this being the most significant at this point did, was there anything that that you've reflected on that you've thought back maybe your time with todd pletcher whatever was there anything that that meant the most to you in getting you to this point where there's no debate any longer. You've definitely made it. You're definitely a guy now that matters in this business. I was very lucky to spend 11 years in change with Todd Pletcher. During that time, was based in Kentucky and in New York and even here on the West Coast. Um, so I was very familiar with the nuances of the Kentucky Derby, the Triple Crown races, all that kind of thing. So even though it appeared to be my first triple crown starter i had been involved with multiple triple crown races and i was lucky enough to be yep. part of a kentucky derby winner a, a, two belmont stakes winners and and you can sprinkle in a few kentucky oaks winners so it felt normal to me it was a long time since i had been you know in a scenario like that but i knew what to expect um Look, the stars aligned. We were able to take advantage of a perfect pace setup. Um, my horse got a, a great trip. Flavian Pratt was masterful. And, um, you know, it just goes to show you that if you persevere in this game, big breeder, small breeder, sooner or later, if you get lucky enough, uh, the chips will fall the right way. Yeah, you didn't you didn't remind Todd that you got a preakness before he did, did you? You didn't, you didn't send him uh, I didn't remind. I did not remind him, but, um, you know, he was, it was wonderful. He was the first person to congratulate me when I walked onto the racetrack. Cool. Unfortunately, didn't have any family there to celebrate with me, so um, that's the closest thing I had to family there. So it was, it was very nice. meant meant quite a bit to me. That's Everything awesome. we do sort of channels through that outfit and the things that we learned there and the lessons that we've learned. That's really really cool. And then you were able to get back to California pretty quickly, right? And I assume there's been some celebrations since Saturday with 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 friends and family. <laughs> Went out to dinner Saturday night, had a great meal uh, in Little Italy, and then um, spent the day flying yesterday with a couple of delays and 
ate a pre-robbed turkey sandwich last night for dinner <laughs> in Phoenix, Arizona, and we're back at it today. So it's, just it's one... good to be back home, and <laughs> hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll eat a little bit better. We'll have a celebratory meal here sometime later in the oh, week. Oh, man. Could you – I'm imagining, like, somebody if, if anybody happened to recognize you, and I'm, I'm guessing that you're not there yet, but, like, if one person happens to recognize, that guy just won the Preakness, and he's sitting here eating yeah, a cold – Yeah, my hair's not white enough. My hair's blonde, but it's definitely not white enough to be recognized. Right. Yet. So right. We'll, yeah, you're not, we'll have to add a few more races like that to our resume. They're, they're, they're not. They're not them. mocking you on SNL yet. Like they're not no, <laughs> quite no. to that point. They might. They might. My interview skills aren't all that good. But they, you know, if they get um, if they get pressed for 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 bits, I'm sure maybe they you know somewhere down the I road. Might be able to provide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, somewhere exactly. down the road, man. How cool! What a what a cool story. And obviously, it was. You know, like, and you know, Mike, it was a tumultuous week around here, and it's it's not the way that you want to have a Preakness week go off. And to just have us to be able to just celebrate the performance of a horse and not yeah. have to talk about any of the other stuff for moving, it's it's really nice. It's really nice to have a horse that just was awesome. And, and your story is so cool, Michael McCarthy. It's, it's, it's so cool to see you rewarded this way. Uh, big time congratulations to you. Um, what what a great run it was for Ron Bauer. And and and, do, and are we assuming it's shaping up to be a pretty loaded field in New York? Are, are, are you guys are going on the the run of the Belmont, correct? It'll be a strong Belmont field. Uh, the horse actually shipped there this morning. Okay, got in safely about an hour and a half ago. He'll have an easy couple of days, and then we'll get back into a routine with him. The way that uh, air travel is now in our business, we've got a company that uh, freight company that usually ships the horses by air um, to all the major racing jurisdictions, and that plane is down. So I thought it was best just to go ahead and send them straight to New York, yep. and let them settle in there, and kind of get used to the humidity and the weather and that kind of thing. Are you more or less inclined to be a Cowboys fan because you share a name with the head coach? <laughs> um, you know what? Um, Actually, and strangely enough, I have no reason why, but my colors and my racing stable colors are cowboy colors. I just couldn't figure it out what uh, the irony what colors would suit. But yeah, the, uh, yeah, I guess that's what it is—the irony of it. The yeah, irony of that. Good. That's what that's what I'm Kyle just, had for you this morning. <laughs> I'm just glad to add to be list, added to a list of. Long, successful Michael McCarthy. That's a great there. point. That's a great point. <laughs> yeah. You guys are champions. Yeah. That is quite the list. He won a Super Bowl with the Packers. You won a Preakness. It's a hell of a list. Mike exactly. Michael McCarthy, congratulations, man. What a run on Saturday. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciated having you here in Baltimore last week. Much appreciated. Thank you guys for having me on. Michael McCarthy, trainer of Ron Bauer. Damn good. I mean, what a performance from a horse. I mean, just a in a in a flash. I was feeling so good. I don't know how he came back. I mean, it seemed like it was impossible. I, I was feeling so good about Midnight Bourbon. I'm like, he's exactly where I want him to be. He's holding off the charge. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my wife's like, who the hell is that? I didn't know. I had no clue. Until Larry Colmus informed me that it was a Rombauer that raced in front and ran away. Just blew past everyone. Hell of a performance. All right, uh, let's wind down. Let's get a tidbit. Let's get tubular to wrap up for the day. Tidbit brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, or perhaps it's convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or even sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Tidbit of the day. So, of course, the Orioles this weekend dropped 
two of three and could probably consider just avoiding pitching to Aaron Judge altogether yeah, this yeah. year. I'd be fine with that. I'm doing pretty well against the Orioles it's of the late. Old, it's the old Glybar Torres issue. Yeah, like a Space Jam where he passed off the talents yeah, from him correct. to Aaron Judge. At oh, Kansas Sean Jones. Bradley's massive talent. Well, he joins, Aaron Judge that is, uh, Trey Mancini. And Rafael Devers as the only players to have at least five home runs at Camden Yards this year. So more non-Orioles than Orioles have five home runs at Camden Yards in 2021. How about that? little fun fact. Not as fun, but cheeky, perhaps. The Orioles narrative as it comes to baseball players just destroying them is not new. We're kind of used to it. Uh, only Mike Trout against the Mariners has more home runs than Aaron Judge against the Orioles, who has one more home run than J.D. Martinez against the Orioles since 2017. So they've been targeted by a bunch of players, it I mean, seems. It, like, in fairness, this is kind of what happens when you're... Yeah, you're in the AL East. they got some good players around. And, well, and you're this... I get it, team. Glenn. The Orioles, you know, struggled a little since 2006. However, they've certainly had their share of good seasons as well, which has raised their win percentage above 366, which is not a great bar, but just for reference, that's what the Sacramento Kings win percentage since 2006 has been. A paltry 366. There are actually four franchises in the four major sports with a lower win percentage yeah, really? than 366 since, since 2006. 2006. I, it's hard for me to imagine that any of them are football teams. Are any of them football teams? Yes. Really? Yes. I feel like the Browns would have won too many. The Browns. The lowest. 319. I, man, I would have thought that they have been winning a few games recently just because there's fewer games that individual you. results. I don't know if you heard. They only won... I hear it. No, I year. know. I'm I'm quite aware. I assure you. Are they the only football team on the list? I don't know. Are they or not? No. The Jaguars. Three forty six. That's surprising too, because they had enough good years. For that the I Jaguars. Jeez, I guess two thousand six is a long time. I guess I'm not really thinking about how long ago we're talking. All right, that's it for football teams. Sure. Is it? I don't know, Glenn. Tell me. Just tell I don't me. Know. It's twelve twenty four, Kyle. Tell Maybe me. be better at this. The Lions. No. The Bengals? No, they were no. good for a little while. The Buccaneers? No. The Jets? No. They were also good for a couple of years in there. The Is it it for football teams? Is there another football team? Tell me. Answer the question. Yes. The Bears? No. The Bills? No. Really? Really. The Raiders? 363 for the Raiders. All right. And there's one other team somewhere. Yeah. Uh, is it is it a hockey team? No. Is it a basketball team? Yes. The other really bad basketball team. Oh, since 2006. No, the Suns made a, had a couple good years in there before they got really bad. 2006, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not the Suns. No. Um, it's because it's the Charlotte Hornets. It's not. It would have been the Bobcats for some of those years. Maybe and that's the thing. I don't, years, I, don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. They become a team. They haven't been any good since they come back, though. No. 
Did they just not count because they weren't around in 2006? I mean, they're, they're not the team. I know that. Well, I, but the Timberwolves. 343 okay. for Minnesota. All right. Tidbit was also brought to you today by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. Totally Tubular brought to you by Grade 8's Memorabilia. Yeah, private signings with Joe Flacco, Anquan Bolden, Jonathan Ogden, and more. Tucker Fest on June 27th with Justin Tucker at Jerry's Toyota. You can meet him, get your picture, your autograph. There's a dunk tank, cornhole tournament. Live broadcast, so much happening. Live music throughout the day. And coming July 25th, the return to training camp party and crab feast at Jimmy's Famous Seafood featuring Tyus Bowser. And I believe they're already lining up some other players that are going to be a part of that. Um, I know that uh, Great Eights has signed some deals with some of this year's draft class. So that's a pretty cool thing for them. You can find out about all of these events and get your tickets right now by going to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. No Orioles tonight. They're off before opening a series of the Rays. Apparently, it's going to be Matt Harvey tomorrow, and then John Means on Wednesday is the next time we'll see John Means. Uh, baseball tonight, Masson Nationals, Cubs, 730, ESPN, Mets, Braves at 7, MLB Network, Diamondbacks, Dodgers at 10. Game 2 for the Capitals and Bruins. By the way, all the hockey playoffs have been great so far. They've all been thrillers. Game 2 between the Bruins and Capitals uh, tonight, 730 on NBC Sports Network and NBC Sports Washington. Blues Avalanche, Game 1 at 10 on NBC Sports Network. CNBC for Predators Hurricanes, Game 1 at 8. The USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw tonight at 8 as well. Your, your thoughts from WrestleMania Backlash last night? I mean, look, Backlash is to be expected when yep. you deal with such hot, intense subjects. That's a great point. It's politics and religion. It. Exactly right, and that's exactly what they were talking about. Yeah. That's what Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley were dealing, Braun Strowman hard, were dealing hard with Hard to just have night. cooler heads prevail in those situations. There was a match, uh, there was a, a zombie lumberjack match last night. I mean, when those what you think about that? Meet, generally speaking, you favor the team with the axes, but... Yeah, it wasn't zombies versus lumberjacks. It was zombies as lumberjacks. So we're talking zombie lumberjacks. Yes, that's what I said, a zombie lumberjack match. That's a precarious notion. Yeah, it's not. I mean, that's, boy. I think we got to keep our eyes Precarious is a great way of describing it. For that development. Non-sports. Shaq's on Kimmel. Okay. Mm, Kelly Rowland's on. uh, Barack Obama and Kelly Rowland. Package duo deal. They did uh, that song together all those yeah, years yeah. ago, My Boo. Remember Barack Obama and Kelly Rowland? It's huge. Uh, SNL was pretty good, by the way. That, uh, that no, no, it was called Dilemma, wasn't it? My Boo. Yeah, well, who was, was My Boo? Was Nelly. The Dilemma was. Uh, I know. My Boo was Alicia Keys and. And Usher. Yes. Yeah. What a song. Yeah. Um, Bear Grylls running wild. Nine o'clock on National Geographic. He's a good doctor. The good doctor, ah, of course. Thank you. Ten I o'clock s- on ABC. Highlights. Well, stuff of things. Check it all out. One o'clock radio.com. Oh, okay, so nothing is what you're saying. Correct. Nothing. Well, check it out. Nothing. GlennClarkRadio.com. All right. Thanks today to Michael McCarthy, trainer of Ron Bauer, Jeremy Kahn. Thanks also to Marty Morningweg, who was really Marty Morningweg this time for a change, which was nice. Uh, and thanks also to uh, Quint Kesnick from ESPN. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archive. tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Yeah? Irons and fires. Oh, boy. Stuff and Big things. Day. I know we're going to check in. Uh, a couple local uh, softball teams made the NCAA tournament. UMBC did. And Morgan State made the NCAA softball team as well, which is very cool for them. Um, we are going to check in tomorrow with their head coach, Larry Heinlein, I know. I think maybe Loyal Lacrosse, either a maybe coach to me or a player. Maybe make a trip to Bowie. We'll see. A lot of maybes for tomorrow. Irons so, and fires. So maybe tune in. Maybe tune in. Maybe. 
Call me, maybe. Maybe. Uh, uh, today's, maybe. Sh- today's show has also been brought to you by KNS Automotive in Hamden for over 40 years. KNS has been restoring, repairing, and maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles with a focus on exceptional workmanship and quality customer service. Everything from something as simple as an oil change to major body work, they got you covered. KNS 410-235-6660 or knsimports.com. That's K&S Automotive, K-N-S Imports.com. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, MIAA Lacrosse, the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go nobody. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.